Hey, Lizards, Gizmo here. I wanted to share some of the cigars we'll be smoking in May and June, so you can smoke along with us if you'd like. For Cubans, we've got Hoyo de Monterey Double Coronas, Partagas Aliados, H. Upman Half Coronas, and Monte Cristo Open Eagle. And for New Worlds, we've got Davidoff, Winston Churchill, and Bellicoso, Diamond Crown, Julius Caesar, TAA Shark, 2023, Liga Pravada, T-52 in Corona Viva, and Davidoff, Late Hour in Robusto, with much, much more to come. Have a suggestion? Email us. Hello at loungelizardspod.com. That's hello at loungelizardspod.com. All right, boys, let's talk about our presenting sponsor, Fabrica 5. Oh, yeah. It's a handcrafted and artisan story with the strong foundation of Rob Isla from Friends of El Habano and Bon Roberts fame with Hamlet Paredes, Master Blender, and Cuban Cigar Legend. Love you, Rob. They're already fantastically priced, but exclusive to Lizard listeners, they can get 10% off Con Anazo 5-packs and 25-count bundles starting right now. Using code LIZARDN6. That's coupon code LIZARDN6. What is Carlos Anzo says it? <laughs> <laughs> you can get worldwide free shipping as well on all orders over $125 US. The website is Fabrica005.com. That's Fabrica005.com. That's right. The more you buy, the more you save. Exactly. And it's important to note, boys, the Cononazo is the same size. Siglo 6. Siglo 6. Can't wait exactly, to try it. From Cohibo. Oh, yeah. These cigars are crafted and refined by feedback from a hard-nosed tasting panel, the FOH community, and customers. That's How hard-nosed you. were you on that tasting yeah. panel? <laughs> yeah. I was pretty hard-nosed. You know, you are an elite insider. <laughs> Right. Did, did you retrohale? I just want to make sure you did. You can literally jump on the FOH forum right now and post detailed reviews that go straight to the powers that be. And you can tell Gizmo every <laughs> note that you got that he didn't Correct. from the retrohale. And Gizmo likes to get calls at 2 a.m. in bed. <laughs> Be part- <laughs> Become part of the FOH community today. Fabrica 5 is direct from the farm in Honduras to your hand, and they ship out of Miami, so there's no customs nightmare, which is awesome. That's awesome. Oh, Pagoda, you're safe. (laughs) Fair enough, you know. (laughs) Again, use code LIZARDN6, all one word, no space, for 10% off Cononazo, five packs, and 25-count bundles starting right now at Fabrica005.com. That's Fabrica005.com. Free shipping on orders over $125 U.S. Must be 21 years of age or older to order. Fabrica 5. No boxes, no bands, no bullshit. And now, let's get into the episode. Welcome to the Lounge Lizards podcast. It's so good to have you here. It's a leisure and lifestyle podcast founded on our love of premium cigars, as well as whiskey, travel, food, work, and whatever else we feel like getting into. My name is Gizmo. Tonight, I'm joined by Rooster, Senator, Pagoda, and Bam Bam. And our plan is to smoke a cigar, drink some scotch, talk about life, and of course, have some laughs. So take this as your 120th official invitation to join us and become a card-carrying lounge lizard. Plan to meet us here once a week. We're going to smoke a New World cigar tonight, share our thoughts on it, and give you our formal lizard rating. We discuss the brand and history of this popular cigar. We read some listener email, and Rooster reveals his true identity as an A-list movie star, all among a variety of other things for the next two hours. So sit back, get your favorite drink, light up a cigar, and enjoy as we pair 18-year-age Dewar's Blended Scotch Whiskey with the La Flor Dominicana and Illusion Bowl. A very unique cigar from the Dominican Republic tonight on the pod. It's the La Flor Dominicana and Illusion Bowl. It's a 64 ring gauge cigar by six and a half inches long. And boys, this is probably one of the most requested cigars for our listeners. Yeah. Uh, from an email standpoint, 
And the messages on Instagram, this is one of the highest, you know, most requested cigars mm-hmm. that we get to review. Also, one of the toughest to find right yeah, now. Yeah, this was a real challenge for us to get. Yeah. Thank- thankfully, we had a friend at uh, one of the local shops who hooked us up right. uh, over in Lodi, Fanatics. Yeah. yeah, it's Kenny over at Fanatics in yeah. Lodi. Kenny hooked us up. Yeah, thank you so much. Thanks, Kenny, for making it a little easier. But oh, these yeah. were uh, these were very hard to find. I was looking for quite some time. Oh, on me these. too. Well, there's only two rollers that roll the cigar, apparently. Yeah. yeah. Tough to roll. Yeah, this is a very, very unique size. We could talk about that in a little bit. It's a cool looking cigar. It is. And it's like, it, it it's feels dense. like it's heavy. heavy. Yeah. I hope yeah. the draw is a lot clear. of tobacco in this. <laughs> yeah. All right, boys, let's cut this thing. See, we're getting on the cold draw on the wrapper. Oh, mine really nice on the cold draw. And very nice. Mm-hmm. I'm getting dried fruit all day on this thing. Honestly, the amount mm. of uh, air that's moving through the cigar right now is kind of shocking to I me know. I with know. how it looks and feels. It, I was a little suspect. I didn't think it would draw this openly. Me neither. It's very nice. Yeah. Mm. You can tell that the construction is clearly very, very good. Yeah. Like you said, not easy to make, but the color of the wrapper is beautiful. This pale brown. Very cold, interesting. The cold draw is just a lot of sweet dessert notes. Yeah, delicious. I really like it. Mm-hmm. And on the foot of the cigar, it almost smells like... Like it was like a tobacco leaf dipped in honey. Yeah. Or I'm yeah. getting like a, yeah, like a graham crackery honey type thing. Both. It just smells sure. like, like it was just dipped in a vat of honey. I might take a bite. Mm. <laughs> All right, boys, let's light this thing. The La Flor Dominicana Andalusian Bowl. Again, it's a 64 ring gauge cigar. One of the biggest we've ever done on the pod by six and a half inches long. Who has had this? Bam. I've, I've had it twice. The first time was maybe six years ago, longer, when we first joined our previous lounge. And then I had one maybe a year and a half ago. And I'll tell you something. I hated it the first time I had it. But just recently, the most recent one I had was actually very, very good. I'm a, I've always been intrigued by the cigar. Yeah. The thing that keeps me intrigued is that even, it, even though it's a 64 ring gauge, it still comes down to probably what is closer to like a 52 mm-hmm. 50 yeah you know so it the, the, the mouth head. feel the, the mouth head. feel yeah. is is totally reasonable despite the size of it yeah we're gonna be lighting this for a full hour do you hear all the like lighters <laughs> yeah. going this is should insane. i put some like pause music yeah, and it's not yes. fully lit yet i'm yeah, gonna really. be out of butane by the time i get this thing lit. <laughs> Gizmo, what sorry. a unique shape you're taking a draw i need to light it again all right i didn't do enough <laughs> We're working hard over here for you listeners. Correct. Lighten this thing. I think I'm done. How do I unlight this and get back to the cold draw? <laughs> that, that's what I feel right now. I don't know. I like it right off the bat here. Still getting those dessert notes, fruit. It's certainly not putting out, and, and I know we just lit it. It's not putting out as much I don't know. smoke as I would hope from a cigar of this size you like, mean the, the the combustion i would i would you ex- look like a chimney from but here. it's the draw in my mouth i think the, the foot is burning better than whatever i'm getting through the cigar really i'm not getting a lot of smoke in my mouth i'm having the same exact experience yeah it feels thin to me hmm. for what it is i think it it improves probably you know, after a couple of puffs i would absolutely go slow with this thing oh definitely yeah Oh damn! We're gonna be here for four hours. No, this this will this will back right up into you, man. I think. We have to make this a two part episode. <laughs> it's a beautiful shape, though. I like it. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It is. You, have you had this? 
I've had this once before. You I do you remember they used to come up with these what was it CA packs where they would sell variety packs? Variety packs for like two hundred bucks. It would give you ten cigars or something. Or, yeah. And I think I'd bought one of those at some point. Mm-hmm. And uh um Kenny does those. And this quite this successfully, I will say. Yeah, well. Fanatics is a nice pack. Yeah. And this and this was included in it. Yeah. This could so, have been included. Which where did you get these? Which manufacturer? I think is it TAA? Maybe oh, TAA. TAA yeah. They do the variety yes. packs or something. Yeah. Uh this, yeah. I'd I'd bought it in one of the packs and it was included in there and I tried it. I wasn't very excited about it because I know um uh, another uh, one of our listeners, uh, um, a buddy of mine, he really wanted to try this. And he's, you know, everyone's heard about the cigar, like if you sure. smoke cigars. Of course. Can't get and the cigar. He asked me for my opinion, and I said, I wouldn't bother. But um, how are you feeling about it now? I know it's too early to tell. No, uh, the, not- ar- the aroma is really nice on the foot. I don't love the aroma on the foot. No. I, I agree I with Rooster. I don't like I it. Don't- what? I don't, mine no, doesn't uh, smell great. We are not on the same page. <laughs> we are not. But I, we're honest, though, Bam, and that's what counts. That's that's correct. But uh, I do like it so far. Rooster. Yeah, I'm going to hold my I judgment like it so far. Yeah, getting a bit of leather. The smoke's picking up a little bit for me too. Smoke's actually very nice. Aroma's it's, great. It's, yeah, Aroma's good. I think it's become like a liga <laughs> smoke out here. You know, right. I got to tell you, I love the band on it. This very ornate, obviously large band because the cigar is so massive. Very simply has LFD on it for Flor Dominicana. Under that, Andalusian Bull. It's, I guess it's raised, or would you say the word embossed? It is embossed. It's, it's embossed. embossed. Yeah. Um, and what's cool is you could see the matador holding the flag. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's what this cigar is named after. It's actually based on the size of an old cigar mold that Lito Gomez, who founded La Flor Dominicana in 1994, it's found. It, this was an old cigar mold he found in Belgium. Oh, wow. And that's Sorry. where this size came from. <laughs> Pretty cool. Uh, obviously, naming it after Andalusia was a, was a tip of the hat to his uh, country. He was born in Spain, and uh, it was named after matadors and bullfighting industry in, uh, in Spain. Yeah, when when you think of La Flor Dominicana, you know a picture comes vividly to your mind. There's only one. There's only <laughs> one. I mean, you would see like these, uh, you know, two page ads in the cigar aficionado magazine. That's true. About Lita Gomez and his wife Ines 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 mm-hmm. Gomez on a horse. It's just with, a picture of the two of them on horses. Yeah, <laughs> in through the tobacco fields. Beautiful picture. Yeah, that's what you think of. But he's he's known for. Very interesting shapes of cigars, yeah. Like the double chisel Legato. That's a that's, that's a special cigar. It's yeah. different. Yeah, yeah. And the chisel is actually they they claim is the only cigar that's ever been patented. That specific cutoff top chisel. Yeah. That comes to quite a, quite honestly a chisel head. Yeah. He, they patented that. It's I've had a bu- I had a bunch of those way back in the day. I like them, but I moved away from them when I discovered Padron. Honestly, yeah. For me personally, the double Legato. Chisel was a powerful smoke, big time. I think we should definitely try that. I, I remember smoking it's that very strong. I remember smoking yeah. that in the afternoon <laughs> on an empty stomach. And yeah. you took a nap. I was, yeah, I was queasy. Wow. I was a bit queasy. <laughs> Rooster met his match. It's true. Was it that nicotine heavy? It was. Yeah, oh, it's wow. a, that's a powerful smoke. Oh yeah, it is. Yeah. So th- that's what I. I mean, I know nothing about this brand other than just what I've heard. This was the first LFD actually I've ever smoked. 
everybody talks about their full flavored, robust cigars. This is not that not at this. all. Not yeah, no. this. Yeah. So, a, is this like the mildest of things that they make? Because this is totally. It's a great question, that. actually, because the, the brand started in 1994 and they were actually famous for rolling Dominican cigars with Connecticut shade wrappers. And that was pretty much the first, I guess, four, five, six years of their business was really Connecticut shade wrapped cigars. Mm -hmm. Now, obviously, we're talking about cigars that are known for oh, sure. knocking Rooster on his ass. Like, yeah. Double Lijero, which was in the uh, cigar aficionado top deep, deep wrappers, yeah, yeah dark wrappers, yeah. Maduro, and you know they were in uh, cigar aficionado top twenty-five this year with the Double Lijero cigar. Yeah, um, so it, it might be something that we have to try. Well, this was the number one cigar in twenty sixteen. I believe. Yeah, that's yeah. correct. So they moved from the Connecticut shade focused business in the early two thousands. They transitioned to more Maduro. On this cigar, the wrapper is Ecuadorian Corojo, so this is not a fully Dominican cigar. The binder and filler are. The wrapper is not. So they moved from Connecticut Shade to trying other other leaves on, on the wrapper and changed their blends, I guess, probably to, to drive more toward the more common smoker these days, which is, I think, a smoker in the U.S. is someone that wants something to kick them around have you retrohaled yet i have it's actually quite it's nice. very nice it is actually i think at some points i'm liking it better than the the regular draw yeah you find that on some cigars but this is really quite good yeah on a, on the retrohale this is an it's it's very interesting i mean I'm, I'm keeping an open mind i certainly if it wasn't for this podcast probably would never reach for mm -hmm. this cigar or mm -hmm. or any of their cigars well this know? cigar right now is so overhyped and hard to get and hard to get we kind of you know you're not going to pay what you should be what you're paying for this. So the MSRP on this is some somewhere around twenty bucks. How much did you pay for it? So I, Kenny, yeah, at Fanatics, really took care of us. I paid twenty dollars for these. Oh wow, but that's you, awesome. Yeah, you could see these well over thirty five, forty dollars on the open market right now, or more. So he really took care of us. Thank yeah. you, Kenny. They're they're very scarce. Mm -hmm. I must say it's unlike any other cigar I've had. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of feeling the same way. I mean, I was very confused when I lit this. That's why, you know, I was jokingly saying I kind of wanted to get the cold draw back. But I think for whatever reason with this shape, this is just a cigar that takes more time to open up to really get the flavor. And as now I'm further into it, I'm getting some of those notes I got on the cold draw, some of those dessert-like notes, which I like. But the only thing for me is that the finish is a little short on each of those notes and I just I'm I'm wanting more is my mm. only complaint. Yeah. I would I would imagine the cigar is going to transition to a few different different notes. Yeah, both Senator and Pagoda said the same thing and it makes sense. It does it's going to take time to get this thing settled in, but honestly, I'm it is so the finish is pretty abrupt. But man, the front and the retro hail for me is really quite nice. There's something buttery about the finish for me. There, it, it like it is yeah. short, like you said, but the mouthfeel when it's done, it's almost like it's as pretty if, clean. It's almost as if me. I had like um, like that kind of buttery feel that caviar leaves you with without the fishy component of it. Like it kind of has that. Um, it's not I, dry. It, it's you not, know, it's not a dry finish. That's true, right? I agree. I the buttery. It's funny because you know I'm talking about how as you're smoking it, it's opening up more, and mm -hmm. even now as you're saying that. I think the finish is actually lengthening. Like I, that lingers, kind of coats your mouth in a nice way. True. So, um, yeah, I just think this is one of these cigars that I'm having to really tell myself I can't judge this too early because I didn't love it on the light, and there are elements of it that seem to be improving and getting better. And mm -hmm. I think I need to kind of hold my judgment. Yeah, and take your time with the cigar, for sure. So let's describe for the listener out there who may not have one of these in their hand 
the shape of this cigar. So it it starts at the foot at a 64 ring gauge, which it flares to the foot. That's kind of the thickest point of the cigar. And as it gets closer to the head of the cigar, where you cut it, it probably comes down to somewhere in the 50s, I guess, for a mouthfeel, maybe high 40s ring mm-hmm. gauge. High maybe 40s. 48, yep. you know, it's like a Churchill-type ring gauge there. Is this uh, considered a figurado? I don't think so, no. No? Mm. What would you call this shape? I, I think it's highly unique. I don't, I don't yeah, even know. I don't think the foot comes to any point. I think it actually flares it. out. Right. It's yeah. almost like a bellicoso, like a fi- right. like a bellicoso fino. That at at the foot of the cigar is actually its widest and thickest point. Yeah. So it's almost kind of got a bellicoso idea to the shape of the cigar, but it's not that. And it's almost got a kind of a a, a little bit of a box press on both sides of it. If kind you feel of. it, it's flattened yeah, out. I don't of. know if that's from the actual stuffing in the box. Yeah, I but. think it's unintentionally box pressed. Yeah. So I didn't buy these. These were not boxed and they were, they've been loose for months. I don't know. As we're going along, this cigar is becoming more interesting to me. And uh, the flavor is picking up in a, in a very nice way. Correct. So as we discussed, Lito Gomez is the founder of La Flor Dominicana, a Spaniard who's had no Cuban connection, no Dominican connection, no Nicaraguan connection. He's a Spaniard who fell in love with cigars and founded this company in the height of the cigar boom in the mid-90s in 1994 after his jewelry business went south. And like I said, his initial cigars were considered mild. Uh, He wrapped everything in Connecticut shade for the first few years of the business and then soon after started getting the attention of premium smokers when he began producing stronger blends rolled in, like Rooster said, unique shapes, which is kind of what this brand is known for. Uh, Obviously, the the wedge-shaped chisel, which we talked about, they have another one that's pretty famous, I guess going back in the early 2000s, the El Jaco Perfecto Number 1. As Cigar Aficionado said, these shapes have become mainstays in the cigar world and are only produced by La Flor Dominicana. And, of course, the most famous cigar that they're producing these days is the one we have in our hand, the Andalusian Bowl. Uh, did did anybody try it? They used to make one in a gold tube. A couple of guys used to smoke that. So they have one that came out last year with gold wrapper. No, this one actually came in like a gold tube? metal tube. No, no. But the one that I'm aware of with gold is the gold foil. It was over $100 a stick. Wow. Really? I, I've never had it. Really? The lounge down the street here had a box. I wasn't going to go near it, but they raved about it. I don't know much about it, but... Yeah, you would rather have the Opus Dubai. (laughs) (laughs) And over the thin gold foil, I mean, it might be from Dubai itself. Correct. (laughs) 14 carat. 100 hours a stick, huh? For a La Flor Dominicana. For that thing, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So now, at this time, they have 18 lines of cigars. At the time, I believe that the bull was out. They were making about four, four and a half million cigars a year. Now they're closer to six million cigars a year. So this is a pretty significant operation. And to your point, Rooster, the fact that we're holding the 2016 Cigar of the Year from Cigar Aficionado in our hand, and it's so hard to get because they only have a few folks rolling it. I mean, that's it's unfortunate, but I guess it's just the nature well, of it. it was already hard to get I know. before 2016. So when it became the number one Cigar of the Year, it, it became even harder. Mm-hmm. I just have to say, for me, I really don't understand why this cigar is named the Andalusian Bowl. I mean, there's not like what I'll give this credit as this is opened up. I actually think 
this is a pretty refined smoke. It's yeah, delicious. The, the, like, na- the name is deceiving. It is. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you think of a bull, right? That's like a rough and tumble animal. You're I mean, expecting that, a punch. Exactly. Sure. And to me, this is like just silky elegant. and elegant yeah. and refined. And, and um, it, this is very the complete tasty. opposite of that. Yeah. No, that's I think it's connection to Spain, right? That's it's exactly what, I, yeah. what it is. Yeah. But like you just said, Bam, you used the word punch. You, you're, expecting you're expecting a punch. A punch. Yeah, I, we said that very early on. I don't know what episode it was. It might have been when we did the punch punch from Cuba. Mm-hmm. When I first heard the the, the cigar <laughs> brand name Punch, I thought that was going to be a full cigar, like a cigar that was going to punch you in the face. Yeah, full a full experience. You know, yeah. it's your, your your eyes, your brain is deceiving you when it mm-hmm. when it attaches a name to something. And For I sure. thought the same with this Andalusian Bull. And everything I've seen on the internet is calling the cigar medium to full. Yeah, but we also there's there's preconceived notion about this LFD brand. All their cigars are so strong, so you would just expect this to follow follow suit, but it doesn't. Yeah, and clearly people posting about this online have not smoked this cigar medium to full. Oh, medium full. I mean, Absolutely nothing wrong. Nothing full about this. It's, I think it's firmly medium. I would say at this point it's hovering just above mild. For yeah, me. Okay. I think it's mild. At medium, this point, mild best, medium. Yeah, you know we're only what an eighth of an inch in. You gotta love the the flavor profile here. You just gotta love this. It's very unique. I don't know if I love it yet, but it's unique. Really, I will I, give I, it credit for being different. I honestly, I I wish this were in a smaller format. I just think of Rooster will know what cigar I'm talking about. Do you remember that Monte Cristo 80th 80th or 85th anniversary? You had gotten the black lacquer box. Oh, of those. Yeah, we uh, all had that. that. Yeah, or you, you, I think had one too. Yeah, that was so creamy, and I would describe this as actually very creamy. Very creamy. And um, light in body like this cigar is. Mm-hmm. And that was like a short little maybe petite Corona, roughly. Yeah, a little longer. A bit longer, yeah. yeah. And I just feel like that short format, the, the smoke output was still great, but I, I don't know, it just worked really well. And I'm just imagining this in that type of format, and I, I think I'd probably prefer it. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. Like in a, in a Corona size, this would be delicious. Yeah. Yeah. It still is. Uh, yeah, I, is. I have. I have <laughs> honestly, I'm with Pagoda. I have no complaints about this. It's it's really quite nice. I don't know. It's just for me when I have like a big cigar in my hand. Just I, don't look at it while you're smoking it. I don't. <laughs> I mean, you feel it even just the mouth and just the ring gauge on this thing. It's like um, when I have a bigger cigar. I don't know. I just feel it, like it I also, want. It more also f- becomes boring when it's a cigar like that size, and if it. Does, I mean, I don't know. I mean, this might change, right? This might transition. So if a cigar doesn't change, doesn't yeah. transition, then it gets boring when it's a big cigar like that. That's that's my only... Uh, yeah, I, I feel a little differently if the cigar is performing well and the pl- flavor profile is something that I really like and it's consistent, it's a one-act play, I'm good with it as long as it continues to perform. You know what I like about this? Is the combustion is great. It's pretty easy to smoke as the well. The draw is fantastic. Yeah, the draw, right? Meaning it's fantastic. Yeah. It's... Uh, it's definitely improved. Oh, sure. Because I had Gizmo's experience early on where I wasn't getting that much smoke, but mm-hmm. now I'm getting a lot. Oh, yeah. I will say, I'm going to double down on this. Contrary to what Rooster said, I think whatever's going on at my burn line is not nice at all. It's uneven. It does, No, just it does not smell great. Like, it, my burn line is not pleasant to my nose at all. I think So I don't had, know if that's unique to this. But What did you have for dinner? Double garlic pasta. <laughs> what did you What did you eat in the car on the drive? Did you have your Caesar salad with extra Caesar? <laughs> no, I had chicken noodle soup tonight. Ancho- anchovies, exactly. Anchovies. <laughs> your buds with, are with tasty. a side of pot pie. <laughs> so, more to the band on this that I was reading about. So, 
The silhouette, like I said, is a matador from, from Spain celebrating the history of the bullfighting sport in Andalusia. The shade of green is similar to what is found on the Andalusian flag. And the font on the band, this is pretty cool, is based on Pablo Picasso's handwriting, who, of course, was the probably the most famous Spaniard painter of all time, uh, and he loved to paint bulls. So this is a lift of his handwriting, the, the text for Andalusian bull here on yeah. the band. I well, like it. You also have Salvatore Dali. You can't factor him out. Oh, yeah, Salvatore Dali. But that's, isn't he Italian? No. All right. I don't, I don't know. That tells you. <laughs> Bam's an art historian. I didn't know this. Kind of. Gurkha might claim that they used this handwriting before. That's true. There, there could be another lawsuit coming. I mean, Jesus Unbelievable. This is pretty good, I have to say. I, I'm, yeah. it's I'm not what I normally would <laughs> pursue, but I, I'm just really shocked how elegant this is. <laughs> He's like, this is pretty good. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry. I just have low expectations because there's so much hype around this cigar. Yeah, and true. for all the hype, I have never once encountered a cigar smoker in any lounge that has said to me, naming their favorite cigars, I've never heard someone put an LFD bull in their like top 10 cigars. Yeah, so yeah. no one talks about it. You don't see many people smoke. It's true. And I think that goes for the entire brand. I mean, I just don't oh, I agree. see folks smoking these. No. Um, like we do. They're hard to find. Well, I'm saying well, all the, of uh, La Florida the, Minicom. Yeah, it's all their standard. Even the other Vitol, exactly. Right. You don't ever, every lounge I walk into, I don't think I've ever seen anyone smoking LFD. But, but I do think that a lot of people know the cigar. Of course. Yeah, yeah. It's a famous cigar. cigar. It's a sure. famous, famous yeah. I knew the cigar, and I've yeah. never smoked an yeah. LFD in my life. Yeah, yeah. me but too. But that's the problem. Nobody's, I don't know who's smoking all their cigars. It's true. So this cigar was uh, one of the early collaborations between Lito Gomez and his son, Tony Gomez, who I believe is in his late 20s, early 30s now. He's kind of the, uh, he's the heir apparent uh, to the business when Lito Gomez retires. They spent a fair amount of time fine-tuning this blend. Of course, the shape is very unique, so... I imagine they struggled quite a bit trying to nail the blend down to something that they really, really like. So it has a combination of Corojo seed, Ecuadorian Habano wrapper, and the blend uh, inside consists primarily of Dominican Criollo. Rooster, how do you say that? Criollo. Criollo. 98 tobacco, uh, hybrid, and a, be- <laughs> a bit of Pelo de Oro too. I guess it's a special type of tobacco that they it's, use. It's Pelo de Oro, which means... Blonde hair, gold hair. See, this Oro is, my, is gold. My favorite. Bello is my you know, hair. Gold, gold hair. This oh, is yeah. why I bring this guy. Correct. He's my translator. And Correct. that tobacco is very rare, apparently. Is that and right? It, and it's very, um, it's like a, it's got a finesse to to really grow that tobacco. It's not, it's not that abundant, but mm. it's, uh, it's very, um, it can get mold easily. Mm. So, so it's uh, sensitive. It's very sensitive. Interesting. Yeah. Kind of like you. <laughs> <laughs> wow, shanked. That was artfully done. You know, wow. I think he's just insulted with the Borat image. <laughs> you know what I think it is? I think he's kind of playing you with the with the flag. You're the bull and he's the uh, the matador over here. He's my Ben. That's, that's me. You don't call me Bam. You call me Ben. Ben. <laughs> uh, cigar Fish, you notice, said this is a bold cigar, a full cigar. Mm-mm. And I am just not experiencing that yet. Not so, so far. No. But it's, it's not, not it's bold. not a negative that it's that it's, you know, mild to medium. It's not a negative at all. I no, agree. it's not. No, because it's so smooth and elegant. But just the name being called the Andalusian bull. It's the There's nothing yeah. bold like a bull, you know, so far. Yeah. 
So I, I, I would assume, you know, obviously this year marks the 30th anniversary of LFD. I would assume at PCA, we're probably going to see a 30th anniversary cigar launched celebrating their 30th anniversary. And the business is owned by Lito Gomez and his wife, Ines Lorenzo Gomez. And Lito Gomez was actually in 2016, the same year this was named Cigar of the Year for the first time. That was their first cigar that, and I think only that was named Cigar of the Year. He was also inducted into the Cigar Aficionado Hall of Fame. So this guy's a big deal in the business. And I'm sure that it doesn't hurt that he's been purchasing double page ads with that same image you mentioned sitting on horses yeah. for Although the last 30 years. Although I haven't seen it lately. Correct. <laughs> you haven't seen those ads lately, though. Is right? that true? Yeah. I, I, I haven't been looking through the magazine. Really. I haven't noticed them. Which is why this hasn't been ranked recently. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. <laughs> what I found interesting is the number one seller in their entire catalog. And like I said, they have 18 different lines of cigars, all comprising 5 to 10 each, I, I think, somewhere around there. Their number one selling cigar is the Double Lijero DL700, which is a 60-ring gauge cigar by 6.5 inches long. Holy That's their number one wow. selling cigar. Wow. So, you know, their profile is, I would assume... The type of smoker who's picking up LFD a lot is someone who wants a, a full experience, but a Dominican, a full Dominican experience, not like a Padron or a, mm. you know a, a strong Nicaraguan. Mm -mm. I think that is probably that double hero. If they were to do that with Nicaraguan tobacco, I think it would probably really yeah, knock you on your someone ass. Someone be in a hospital. Yeah. <laughs> Even the names of these cigars, the Double Hero DL 700. I, this sounds like a <laughs> they pickup have, truck with like crazy towing capacity that's or something. True. I mean, that's true. Do you want to hear this? <laughs> One of the other cigars in that line that's also very popular, Turbo Diesel, is <laughs> it's called the Digger. It's 60 Holy ring gauge, <laughs> 60 ring gauge by eight and a half. Oh, forget they make it. heavy machinery too. Yeah, this is name about farming equipment. Yeah, I could use that to dig out my gardens, man. <laughs> unbelievable. Wow. So they have, yeah, they have a lot of cigars. They have three chisels in the double uh, E-Hero line. The chisel is 54 by six. The chisel Gorda, 48 by five and a half. And the chiselito. Is a 44 ring gauge for cigar. Miguelito. For Miguelito. <laughs> Correct. By Miguelito. <laughs> they have some really interesting cigars. Like, look at this, boys. This is called the Mysterio. Uh, it's a natural, it's available in Oscuro. 55 ring gauge cigar by seven. Look at that. Both oh, wow. ends come to almost a near point. Interesting. Wow. Very yeah, you unique. Could, you could hurt someone with that. Yeah. Interesting. Could play darts with that thing. But they're doing something right, right? If they're uh, producing six million cigars a year. That's true. And, you know, to counter the Double Lee Harrow, they also have a Double Claro line, which is one of those cigars. You might have seen it. It's a, it has a green wrapper. I've seen that long ago. Remember, Rooster? At oh, the old Jesus. club? They had that from time but, to time. That looks so bad. That's yeah. good for uh, St. Patrick's Day. And the garden. And uh, the garden. Honestly, <laughs> can we review one of these cigars like that? I, I just, for me, you know... I, we all have strong opinions when it comes to things like you look at that cigar and you're immediately turned off. It looks like a gimmick. But the fact that they produce it, at some point, I just have to say I've tried it. I'd be very curious. Yeah, I bet yeah, we, it, should, we should try it. I bet it's awesome. We should do it for St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> that's the, not a bad idea. That's a great idea. That's we like a big beauty. All right. <laughs> Getting notes of pistachio and grass. <laughs> <laughs> hey. hey. So uh, their farm is located on a plot of land in La Canela. Dominican Republic, and I think that they've been there since the early, uh, the mid '90s. They have farmed all their own tobacco. They've accomplished very similar to Padron, full vertical integration. They own everything. 
top to bottom in their production of their cigars. So that's, that's something smart. to admire because I I would argue that most of the cigars that they're competing against every year, and it, not only for business but to be named top twenty five, a lot of those manufacturers are not making their own cigars. If we were to go through that list again, like we did a few weeks ago, most of those manufacturers in the top 25 are not rolling their own cigars. Yeah, I mean, Tatawahi, mm -hmm. he doesn't even roll, roll his own cigars. And not that that's a knock, but I think it is a merit yeah. for companies like this that have achieved full integration. And I don't think there's that many of them. Maybe Rocky Patel, Padron, Carlito Fuente, and, uh, and Davidoff, probably. You know, Garcia and, family. And say Garcia what you family. will about some of those marcas, they're all very well-made cigars. Mm -hmm. So when you have complete control, it's something to be said. So boys, we are about a half hour into the cigar, and I would say I'm not even an inch in yet. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> it's actually, it's not. We might have to. <laughs> There's going to be a four-hour episode. <laughs> even me, it's like barely an inch right there. <laughs> what do you guys think so far? It's For me, every draw is, is getting a little bit better. I like it. A little it. bit better. I like it. When I can retro every draw and I'm like enveloping myself in smoke and it's smooth, it's not harsh at all, great flavor. It's a winner at the moment. It's interesting. A lot of uh, the flavor for me is just sticking around the front of my mouth. So it's, uh, you I know, agree with you on that. And I'm surprised like it's, you know, but yet the finish is not dry, right? Because typically if you'll have something which is in the front of your mouth, what ends up happening is the back of your mouth is, uh, ends up being a bit dry. But yeah. this is not. This yeah. is great. It's yeah. not a very linear cigar, it's, as it's, they would say. Wow, fancy. Wow. Look at Rooster. <laughs> He's so oh, refined. Look this at guy. this guy. Very <laughs> refined. Just put your pinky out when you say that. Correct. <laughs> it's not a very linear cigar. <laughs> Learned that from the Davidoff uh, presentations. Wow. Yeah, the Yamasa presentation. Remember <laughs> yeah. that? That was good. Yeah. Yeah. So, boys, let's try our pairing. Tonight we have 18 year age doers, which I think is probably one of the most accessible 18 year age scotches out there. Yeah, we're on the Amtrak right now. We are. And I got to say, it's pretty damn good. It's good. I don't think that's bad at all. I'm drinking mine neat. I have, I have no ice in mine. None, I don't think anyone here does. It's not bad. The first sip, I I didn't hate, but I didn't love. I, I'm on, I don't know, probably my third sip at this point. Mm -hmm. it, it, it's, get, it's getting better. It's growing on me a little bit. Just like the cigar. It's opening it's true. up. Yeah. Pagoda, what do you think of it? Yeah, the same. Um it's not bad, actually. You know, it's, it's very uh, drinkable. Doesn't sound convincing. But the only thing is, <laughs> I'm debating whether I should put a cube of ice because I think it feels a bit warm. Like I typically, I, when I get a lot of flavor from a single malt, I'm fine with it without a cube of ice. But I don't know. If, <laughs> I don't know what's up. I don't I think, when, the, when the sentence <laughs> begins with the word "not bad." <laughs> <laughs> it's not bad. Maybe maybe you just need a sploosh. A I need a You know what? It's really interesting. I do need a sploosh of soda <laughs> with a cube of ice. Oh, hey, by the way, I I'm, I'm kidding, but I was just uh, you know I just picked up uh, to read a little bit and do is you know when we were trying to uh, read a little bit about the history and it says I think in 1892 or something uh, one of the uh, doers guys goes goes to a bar and he gets. Um, do is with uh, a soda and ice, and it's called highball. Hmm. Highball, I've That's heard of it. Yeah, they claim this guy invented the highball. Oh, I've wow. never had a highball. Is that just... He's the founder of Dewar's son. Ah, so what do we know about Dewar's? That's the big question. We so this is the second Dewar's we've done. We we did mm -hmm. Dewar's fifteen. 
I think it was an episode in the 40s or something. Yep. I'll recall it before, uh, you know, after we do our ratings tonight. So this is the second one we've done. Mm-hmm. And what I like about it is that it's a $70 spirit. Yeah. For 18-year-age spirit. I mean, how much is are some of the other uh, single malts? I mean, they oh, get pretty damn pricey. 18 for single malt. That's a 200 and something dollars, oh, yeah. $300 bottle even. So it, for 70 bucks, It's drinking really well. You know, and the name Doers, it kind of, in your mind, places it in a certain class. But I think for what it is, it's a, it's a good drink. Yeah, very accessible. Yeah. So what do we know about the history of Doers, Senator? So like Pagoda was starting with, I mean, it's kind of a, it starts with a whole family story. It was founded by a guy named John Dewar. Um, in 1846, in the 1880s, uh, John Dewar passed the business along to his two sons, John Alexander and Tommy. Um, what's interesting, actually, is they, the two sons, when they started marketing Dewar's much more broadly around the world, uh, they built the brand's Aberfelty Distillery in 1898. So they also own Aberfelty, which we've done uh, on we the podcast. We did pod. that on wow. the podcast, yeah. I had never known that. And we love that spirit. It was good. Yeah. Something interesting about their their kind of distilling process, they claim that uh, they age their scotch twice, once before blending and once after blending, hmm. which typically it's aged just after blending. So uh, they claim their double aging process allows for a more balanced whiskey. I'm not sure how accurate that so is. So they but... must be transferring it from one barrel to another after they make the blend, Yeah, yeah. Tommy Dewar, one of the sons, like Pagoda was saying, they say, you know, he claims to have invented the original highball made with whiskey, soda, and ice while he was visiting New York, actually. Um, Dewar's proclaims itself as the world's most awarded blended scotch whiskey. By who? That's exactly (laughs) the question. Um, They've medaled three times in the 2019 International Whiskey Competition, whatever that's supposed to mean. Um, (laughs) Dewar's... um, it's funny that I will say the sons are clearly very good marketers because I mean, number one, the fact that today this brand is literally everywhere, they deserve credit for it. But this guy was very clever, Tommy Dewar in particular, uh, in getting this into like big, um, kind of stately functions, the white house in with the queen in really? England. So apparently in 1891, um, Tommy Dewar sent an 18 gallon cask of Dewar's as a gift to the White House for then President Benjamin Harrison. And uh, apparently, this sparked a huge amount of uh, anger and frustration among the American whiskey market because they're like, This is America. Why are you sending us a blended scotch to the White House? We should be supplying whiskey, uh, we should be supplying bourbon. Um, from Kentucky. So. Well, you didn't think of it. You're still as you lose. Exactly. You didn't exactly. think of it. You're still as you lose. <laughs> no, but, no, but exactly. then they would ask the president to pay. So. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> it wouldn't be a gift. <laughs> um, and then Tommy uh, Dewar stopped in the UK in 1893 and convinced Queen Victoria to grant a royal warrant to the Dewar's brand there. So this guy's just like a brilliant marketer. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I have to give him credit. What um, is a, a royal warrant? What does that do? Oh, don't you know what a royal warrant is? No, I didn't study up on that. I have no idea. So, Arch, didn't you spend a lot of time living in England? He lived in England. I did, but I still have no idea. <laughs> I mean, I think it's really just a bunch of BS to basically say that this is like a preferred brand of the crown, basically. Mm. I see. Um, and it says that Dewar's was the first blended scotch to receive that endorsement from nice. the, the crown. Hmm. Wow. Not my Johnny Black? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm looking at the bottle. The bottle looks like a bottle of wine. It does. Yeah. Good point. It's dark. Yes. And it comes in a... It comes in like a tin, a square tin 
box that's maroon. It looks nothing like the bottle. And like you said, when you pull it out, it kind of does look like a bottle of wine. Very, very simple. Very classic kind of looking label. Looks like something from the 1800s. They certainly haven't updated it in quite some time. So this is 40% alcohol. So it's 80 proof. Drinks like that. And they say it's blended from old and rare Highland Speyside and Lowland single malts and grain whiskeys, each of which at, is at least 18 years old. So that's cool that it's not a blend to create the 18. It's like everything is at least 18 years old that's entering yeah. this drink. Once combined, they are allowed to marry together in oak casks for many months. So that's how they describe any, the Any flavor notes? Unfortunately, the there's no flavor notes on this. Maybe I'm kind of bummed box. about that. Maybe on the box? Let me check. While he's looking for that, I have to say, if this, I mean, I don't ever ask for a doer's, but I will drink this moving forward. It's actually quite nice. A little caramel, a little vanilla. Yeah, but wouldn't you have like a Shivas 18? Oh, no. Not me. I no? would drink this over Shivas anything. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, really? Well, you especially. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't a good night, boys. <laughs> for any listener who's not uh, initiated, go back to the episode where we review Shivas. <laughs> And the boys tell a nice story of... Uh, it's episode five. It's <laughs> <laughs> a long time ago. Yeah. All right, I found the flavor notes on the box, Bam. Good call. Uh, it, like I said, this is like a tin container this comes in, tin box. So the flavor notes are as follows. Rich fruit, marzipan, and dark chocolate. The unique double aging and blending process of Doers 18 creates an unusual smoothness and delicate flavor we call these, quote-unquote, flavor notes. So I guess they invented flavor notes as well. I'm sorry. Dark chocolate is outrageous. Uh, yeah, not There's accurate. no dark chocolate. Not getting... Deep fruit, I can see that. And for me, a little it's... caramel and vanilla. I don't even know what marzipan is. So, um, Ro Rooster can tell you. What is marzipan? No idea. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he was so sophisticated today. I thought this. I put the this pink, on a platter the, for him. The pinky's up and all. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to figure out. I assume that Diageo owned them, but it says uh, Diageo used to own Dewar's, and in 1998 they sold it to Bacardi, who actually now owns and manufactures mm. Dewar's. Interesting. It's amazing how these old brands just get passed around these yeah. massive conglomerates like this. You know, yeah. I, I guess probably once you get to the third or fourth generation, it kind of everything runs out on passion for the family business. Time to cash out. Time to cash out. Pretty common thing, you know. Yeah. I say a lot of businesses start to fail in the third, third and fourth generation. Yeah, definitely the third. I, uh, I am finding this to be an incredibly slow smoke. A very slow smoke. I'm like surprised. almost intimidating slow. Like I, you know, we're we're forty minutes in here, and it, like this is way more of a commitment than I expected tonight. Yeah, but I kind of like it. I kind of like it. You I, like it? I I do. Um, if you're gonna do one in the evening, maybe two. Because you want a richer experience than this, maybe following this. It's a great, it's, I think it's a great start. I'll tell you, there is no way that anyone from Cigar Aficionado smoked the whole thing. Is sitting down. Oh, no. And smoking this whole thing. There's no, there's no chance in hell that that's happening. They take a puff or two and they're done. You really think they're sitting around for two and a half hours smoking this thing? No way. No I'm way. sure they are. Fuck. I don't know. Marvin's got a lot of time, <laughs> a lot of free time. So, boys, we have another update on the FDA uh, issue with the premium cigars. They have filed an appeal with Judge Mehta. There are two key arguments uh, made in the brief in support of reversing Mehta's decision. Number one, the FDA 
reasonably concluded that there's no public health justification for leaving premium cigars entirely unregulated. And also, if the court were to find the deeming decision insufficiently reasoned, I'm not an attorney, with respect to premium cigars, the proper remedy would be remand without vacator. What does that mean? Are you pronouncing that correctly? No idea. Vacator? <laughs> I have no idea. Vocator. Vocator. Vocatore. I have no idea. You got to call the resident attorney. Get him in here. Oh, man. We're going to need a legal analyst every five episodes for this. So it was, originally they had presented that 3.8% of the 6,700 youth surveyed uh, representing the original push to regulate premium cigars. 3.8% of those youth said that they smoked a premium cigar brand in the last 30 days. And as noted by the plaintiffs and Meta, who won the case originally, it was actually 4% of youth who had smoked any cigar, not just premium. So we're talking about anything you could find in a gas station being included in the last 30 days. My so that's, favorite. We're talking about less than 4%. Yeah. I mean, come on. That's ridiculous. And not smoking what we're smoking, not a smoking premium, premium cigar, just smoking anything, uh, you know, gas a station Philly Blunt cigars. at a gas station <laughs> would be included in that. Blueberry. <laughs> so that's really the issue here is that they're distorting the truth about what youth are actually smoking. You know, it, it's like they're arguing that the study fully supports the FDA's determination that, quote, youth and young adults are actively using premium cigars. And it's just terribly unfortunate. That sure. It's, that's just a patent lie. Like, where are they getting premium hand-rolled cigars? It's just not happening. I mean, at a liquor store, you think they're not carding kids? At a gas station, they're buying garbage. There's no... Forget carding kids. Kids don't want to smoke this stuff. No, no they don't. They don't want to pay $25 for this. I don't care if it was $2. There's no child that is going to enjoy the taste of a cigar that it does not you know, have a palate that can appreciate tobacco heavily and then you know, some of those other notes that come with it. These are kids that buy flavored cla- uh, crap like Bam's talking about. Yeah. Blueberry this. and That's right. It's a totally different experience. And where do they have the time to sit for two and a half hours? They don't. The they don't. <laughs> exactly right. Yeah, it's just a massive overreach. And I don't understand the FDA's logic. Well, to FDA has an agenda. To and continue pushing this. And they'll continue because they have the agenda. Yeah. I think they're just trying to empty the coffers of these premium cigar manufacturers who fund the Premium Cigar Association, who... Uh, you know, who fund mm. CAA, who fund other, you know, lobbyist groups to try to do the right thing in Washington. But yeah, I, I mean, mean the, the biggest thing, honestly, I mean, this is every policy battle, but it's especially true here. It's a lack of just understanding and education. I mean, if you don't smoke cigars, you wouldn't know, right? Like what you would assume that a cigar is this tasty, wonderful thing that a kid would love to get their hands on. If you've actually smoked a cigar, you would quickly know that there's no child that is pursuing the flavor that you get out of a natural tobacco product right. that is not altered with a bunch of, you know, artificial flavoring and stuff like that right. that's in non-premium cigars. So I think, you know, that's why the work that these trade associations do is so important because it's just getting folks who don't actually know this product, have never smoked this product, to understand what it really is and how it's completely different 
from the crap that they're lumping it in with. Yeah, and let's like you said, there's a commitment of time, but this requires the, the cigar habit and hobby requires an it takes time to acquire the taste of a cigar. It does, and you have to learn how to smoke that cigar. Kids aren't putting that time in. Correct, like it's just the, it's not in their realm. Like for the same reason that no child is pursuing single malt whiskey, right? right? Like there's no way that they can appreciate that, right? They're just pursuing some cheap, uh, cheap crap that they can mix with soda so that it tastes palatable for them. They're not drinking straight, you know, no. almost anything that they're going to enjoy. Where would that leave hookahs? It's a great question. It's a good question. Right, because a lot of the kids uh, tend to smoke it. You inhale it, and it's a tobacco uh, product. Although, you know, you mentioned blueberry earlier. Blueberry mint in a hookah is it's fantastic. Watermelon. It's great. Watermelon. Watermelon, mint. yeah. Oh, that it's, oh. it's fantastic. But you are truly inhaling a hookah. Yeah, we don't, you know, and that's the thing, too, that I think is really important to note, and we all know this, but... You don't even inhale cigars. And I think it goes back to what Senator said. It's a lack of education and understanding of the product. And un really. And what bothers me about it is now, is this the, the first appeal? They've been fighting this for years. Like, how have they not taken the time to be educated on it and say, you know what? Let's carve this out and let's focus on the real problems, which clearly number one is the vape product, which is actively being marketed to kids to the point that they got Juul shut down. Yeah. Juul can't even make products anymore and sell them in the united states I, I will say this i'm sorry it's not actively marketed to kids anymore it's really not the reason i say that the entire industry voluntarily came out and said that they support raising the smoking age to do everything possible to keep it out of kids hands and i think that that's a genuine move in the sense that like they know without that they're going to cease to exist sure so like i do believe that they want that in the hand at this point i'm not saying how it started i was the wild west when it started but at this point, that's their only lifeline is if they can keep it out of kids' hands and just aggressively market to adults. But it's a it's a challenging situation. But kids are using Juul. They are. They and are. that's the thing. Sure. Just the same way as kids get their hand on alcohol, even though the drinking age is 21, right? Like, they're going to find ways to get their hands on these things. And so it's just how do you create sufficient barriers that it's a very small percentage of kids that mm -hmm. somehow are able to procure this through people who obviously are of age. Yeah. Right. Also the fact that it's it's you know, it's like a USB size cartridge. Yeah. And it's very undetectable. Yeah, it's you very easy smoke to smoke it anywhere. Yeah. And there's 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 really no smoke, right? I mean, it's just vapor. Well, there is. There is. There's yeah. smoke. Some of them you yeah. get, it really puts but off. You don't a lot. smell it. You don't oh, right. well, most of it's flavored, you do smell it. I mean, have you ever been in a room where like someone randomly just pulls out a vape and just like indoors just starts like, you know, just they need a puff. But they take like one puff or two but, puffs. But you smell right? the flavor. I mean, I immediately, yeah. I'll be like, oh, wow, well, that's cherry or whatever the case is. You just <laughs> yeah. get like a quick whiff and then it just like disappears. Right. I yell right. at people when they pull a vape out. You do? In my presence. I do. Are they scared? <laughs> well, for me, it's like if you're going to pull a vape out, then let me pull my cigar out and let's yeah. see how, you know, let's see, let's how it see goes. if you're okay it's with awful. that. It's awful. It's awful. The one thing I will say is my daughter showed me, you know, when we're talking about actively marketing to kids, she was showing me on TikTok the other day that there was an ad that popped up for a vape product. It was by a bad actor. It's not by one of these primary brands that you're discussing, but there are a lot of bad actors in the space. And they were manufacturing a vape for kids that looked exactly like an Expo marker mm. that you would write on like a whiteboard with in school. So these kids could have it in their pocket, and it wow. looks like a marker wow. for the whiteboard. And then diabolical. you pop the, you pop the top off. Yeah. And let me tell you, it has the full Expo branding on it. Like, it's legit. And they're actively saying to kids, 
You can cash app us, Venmo us, whatever. We'll send it to your house, discreet packaging. <sighs> Tell us what day you want it to arrive so you know that you can intercept it from your parents. Unbelievable. This is These are the things that they should the be policing. The FDA of course. should be policing. Yeah. These people should be in jail. I'm uh, sorry. I agree. Absolutely. And even TikTok should be policing. I agree. It's a social media problem too. And we don't need to, you know, that's a whole other argument, right? Yep. But you're right. I mean, it's like, it's it's why are they going after Carlito Fuente or Lito Gomez, or the cigar we're smoking tonight, or Jorge Padron or Rocky, any any of these guys. It's misdirected. It makes no sense. No. So we'll see what happens. Now, Senator, here's a good question for you, uh, for someone who's uh, in the space a little, little bit, and we've talked about this before. How long does an appeal like this last? Is this another two, three years? It could easily be. Easily. I mean, this entire case with the FDA has been going on for God knows how many years, and it's like appeal after appeal and you know, a favorable ruling and then an unfavorable ruling from an appellate court. I mean, it's insane. It's it could literally like go on forever. Seven, eight years it's been. Well, it keeps a lot of people employed. That's oh, true. yeah. The lawyers are loving it. Sure. How much did did we hear? How much are they spending a year on this? Uh, I think when I met with um, the president of CAA, it was something like, it was a few million a year. Mm -hmm. And that's just CAA. That's not premium cigar as well. Correct. Who's yeah. also another group doing this? Yeah. Wow. CA is the primary That's funder the big of the one, case. Yeah. They're the they're the lead plaintiff. So, boys, I got to say, this pairing uh, is picking up quite a bit. So, as we were talking, I was just kind of pinching my cigar a little bit, and I think I released some sort of tight area in it, and now my draw is like obscenely good. Like you know, I am getting so much smoke output. He pulled a gizmo on the cigar, and it worked. <laughs> you are. Have you noticed how smooth the wrapper is? Yeah. Yeah. It's really well constructed, yeah. right? My burn's been great. It's burning very slowly. I mean, obviously, it's a, a merit to the construction of the cigar, and there's clearly a lot of tobacco in this. But, I mean, this, there's a lot of value here. You're a cigar whisperer. Ooh. You can massage that cigar right the way you want it. <laughs> Come over here, Bam. I'll show you what I got. I can't wait. <laughs> yeah, you don't want him to. <laughs> Do you have direct experience? <laughs> Especially what I remember of the Doers 15, which is like you said, Bam, it's a long time ago, I think 80 episodes ago or so. I'm finding this to be much different than my memory of the 15. Me too. I, I, I don't remember being able to drink that without a chip of ice. Mm -hmm. I'm really much, in, I'm really enjoying this without, uh, without anything. Very, you know, very nice. I like the pairing. I think it's, it's a pretty rich, Can you taste flavorful the, pairing. Taste the marzipan. I do taste the marzipan. <laughs> yes. Thank you for asking. Isn't marzipan a jam of some kind? It's actually, I think, confectionery sugar. Sugar marzipan? Okay. Kind of a confectionery sugar with the hints of honey and uh, like caramel. I, I do agree on the pairing. I, I think the big thing, this being a blended um, scotch, which is more balanced and not aggressive in any way, with this cigar that is you know, still mild medium, neither is fighting with the other. Which is why it works. I think with yeah. a more aggressive spirit, this you'd totally lose the cigar. It would unmuscle the cigar, sure. You know, I kept saying single malt scotch. This is very much not a single malt scotch. No, no. You should have corrected me. You guys should have yelled at me. That was dumb. <laughs> this is a blended scotch. Eighteen year age. Oh. We wait till the end of the episode to yell at you. <laughs> we we wait for an accountability hour to correct. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't mind a refill, honestly. Go for it. I'll pass it over. Pass it around. Right. Yeah. So the profile hasn't changed at all, right? It's still very consistent from when it began. It's 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 a bit boring. <laughs> yeah, you've said don't you that. Think? I don't know. I, I I like what I'm getting. I just want want to keep getting it. It's a bit, but it's I wouldn't. It, it's not boring. It hasn't changed much. Uh, like I was expecting 
a change. To mm-hmm. me, it's it's like closer to mild than even medium. I just think the flavor profile for me is simple. I, I don't think it's as intriguing as it was when we first started smoking the cigar, when we're talking about that butteriness, like that, the, the merits of that have kind of worn off for me. I don't and get the hype about the cigar. At this point, I don't either. It's not a bad cigar by any means. but No, it's not. But the way that it's hyped, like it's something like amazing. And it's... Well, I think the more people that can smoke a cigar and finish a cigar completely and enjoy it from beginning to end is something that people want to continue to experience. You know, it's really interesting. I, I, That's I, the majority of cigar smokers, I think. I, we pursue other yeah. things, sorry, that are more complex. You know, to each his own. Now, I keep asking a lot of the guys, what is it that you're seeking in a cigar? And it really comes down to, you know, uh, essentially the smokability of it, the combustion. You know, if they're able to go and have a really good draw, have a really good combustion, and, good and, it's, re- and it's reasonably pleasant in their mouth, they're fine with it. They don't even over-evaluate. So, you know, from that perspective, I could see why people could be reaching for a cigar like this because it's reasonably pleasant. It's a great combustion, great construction. But there's a lot of cigars that are reasonably pleasant. That's true. But for a cigar that's like this hyped, yeah, you know, I kind of expect a little bit more out of it. I think it could be a demand supply situation for this. Yeah. The other thing I wondered too is, you know, you're talking about them making six million, six million cigars a year, right? They're obviously making very few of these. So let's say you're a regular La Flor Dominicana smoker. You love the Marca. You smoke the double Lijeros. You smoke the Lijeros. You smoke the Chisels. And then you want to go for their premium, top-of-the-line cigar, this Andalusian Bull, so hard to get. You get your hands on them. If you're smoking double Lijeros every day from La Flor Dominicana and this you is, pull this out. This won't move the needle for you. This is like. No. This is like tissue smoking paper. cardboard, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for that, for that person, for that person yeah, that yeah. loves the brand, it's yeah. so. What's interesting to me is that they didn't put a cigar together that kind of elevates that person. Like for like for us, I'm going to make the comparison. We always use Padron, right? We smoke an Exclusivo every day. We throw uh, one of the 1926s in an 80th, maybe, or one of the family reserves every once in a while. Or a hammer from or, occasion. And yeah. then and then you throw in the hammer, that kind of top of the line special occasion cigar it's kind of like it's not good better best they're all great but it's like levels of complexity and refinement and 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 they're taking you on a journey as as a as a a smoker who's kind of dedicated yourself to the marca right with this this is a step down from any cigar that is heavy on Lijero or double Lijero. It's a different marca, right? Padron has that cadence in their in their Vitolas. I don't think this marca has that, right? They're very, very high. No, but it's like comparing a Maduro with a natural. I like I, I don't buy into that argument from that perspective. I, I just think that, you know, you have the natural line and you have a Maduro line. And if you're going progressively further into the Maduro line, then you can't just go pick up a natural and say, hey, this is great. Um, I I think this is yeah more like a very yeah uh, the double E is, you know they obviously pack a punch. I've I've had one of them for sure uh, at Carnegie by the way. Um, yeah, this is this is really on the really mild to medium. I think more on the milder side as well. Agreed. Yeah, I have to say uh, as I'm smoking this more, I I now think I've come around to agree with Rooster. It it is it is a bit boring. At this point, I think halfway through is when you get mm. bored with the cigar. 
Because the thing is, like, you know, it, this goes to my point early on, none of the flavor notes just really linger enough to make me excited and, you know, want to keep drawing on the cigar and, and pursue something that I'm getting that is unique or, or memorable. I think it's just everything is there in a very light, faint way. And um, it never, it, at least not yet, it still hasn't picked up. No. And so I'm just waiting right. for something more. And it may pick up toward the end. Yeah. I mean, if I ask you, like, what kind of notes have you been getting, what would you say? The thing that's primary for me right now is I'm getting, like, a tanginess to, like, it's almost like... Um, sour I, milk? Yeah, like, not sour milk, but there is a sour component of, like, a tang that I'm getting. That's honestly, it's in a lot of Davidoff cigars, the note that you're describing. Yeah. No, but this is more like, you know, I was thinking like about it. like sour cream or yes, something. Yes, it's mm -hmm. like something like that. I don't know. For me, it's like, it's not, you know how I use the word marmalade-ish, which is, you know, like um, orange okay. rind or something. Right. This is giving me a little bit of citrus with bitterness. A slight bitterness. I don't know, it's a flat bitterness, very mild, but there is that citrusy bitterness i don't know that, i think that I could think, correlate to the tanginess that you're saying uh, yeah. we might be saying the same thing just differently uh -huh. but that's the primary thing i'm getting now that's exactly what i'm getting and it's kind of come in around this halfway point it's just started maybe five minutes yeah. ago yeah that i'm really getting it and it's overpowered all that butteriness that i was yeah. enjoying about the first part of the cigar like it's just i don't know it's it's taken a turn for me but it's not gotten more complex or interesting it's just kind of it's consistent yeah yeah it's kind of it's a single note right it's one note yeah what i'm i'm kind of missing there was a point in the cigar maybe when i guess i first hit the second third where i was getting like a sweet and salty note that i liked that i feel like you get in some cuban cigars but it was very short lived where now i'm getting exactly what you know giz and pagoda are describing and i've lost that i think that's what pagoda was mentioning like you get the flavor notes on the on the end of your tongue, and that's the salty right uh, in the re right receptors in, yeah. of your tongue are right in the front, and that's what you're getting. And and then yeah, there's no there's no finish like it doesn't. It's right. really weird. It's, it's like short. yeah, the finish very is short. short, very short. Mm -hmm. But honestly, it's still for me creamy and fairly. Elegant. But it's yeah, but it's, it's short but not dry. It's still like smoking and, elegant, yeah. It's it's. This just goes to my point that I I really wish that this existed in a smaller format because I agree. You know, halfway through. I would have been done with this already as a Corona, and I know it would have. I would have rated it higher than what I probably will if this stays as it is right now. Mm -hmm. Like the 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 longevity for a cigar like this to really keep your interest. I mean, it's got to to Rooster's point. Like it's got to do something different and unique and interesting. And given how straightforward I think the flavor notes are in a short format, straightforward is fine, right? You're only going to invest yeah. forty five minutes in that cigar, but for two hours, you really need. More. How, how how far are we in on this? Hold on. What is going on with Gizmo's cigar? So oh, I boy. am experiencing a complete unraveling of the wrapper. You're gizmoing your cigar. It has doing. completely come apart. <laughs> you're, you're massaging it too much. <laughs> uh, what are you doing? It might have been an over-massage. <laughs> oh, I think, I think so. that, that, that might have been <laughs> deep <laughs> tissue right this there. This was a deep tissue. You know, by the way, the cigar is not a gadget, okay? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, it's definitely like, look at it. It's, it's unraveled, yeah. It's completely unraveled. Oh. I almost want to take the wrapper off at this point. Um, wow! I know what you're thinking. You're you're gonna go and uh, all the way inside to look for the lijero leaf. <laughs> Why don't you just light another one? The entire no. <laughs> so for the listener, Gizmo's entire wrapper came off perfectly clean in one piece. In one piece. That is 
Oh, this Very is odd. Yeah. So now I'm smoking the binder. I'll let you know how it is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> that should not happen. That is the first time I've ever had that happen on the yeah, podcast. Yeah, it's true. 2016 Cigar of the Year, boys. It's a result of over-massaging a cigar. That's right. Should do an accountability hour on that. So how's the binder? Binder's really delicious. I'm actually really enjoying it. No. Uh, it's a weird texture. I don't like the texture on my mouth. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm not thrilled right now, I'll be no, honest. You don't like that? No, I don't, <laughs> don't like Don't take that. it too deep. <laughs> no. No more massaging for me. All right. So, boys, we have another interesting launch of a cigar, and I bring this up because a couple of the guys in the room, I think, are fans of Peter James. Uh, the, the case, yes. It's been announced that Luciano Cigars and Peter James are teaming up for a new line of cigars. Who is Luciano? I don't cigars. know, but I will never, never heard of I will never smoke that cigar, and I won't ever smoke a Peter James cigar. Sorry. Aren't they aren't they in the top ten this year? No, they were number nineteen this year. Okay, Luciano. Top 20. Uh yeah, they were in the top twenty. They their cigar that made the number nineteen, it's called the Foreign Affair by Luciano Cigars. It's a Corona, 42 ring gauge by a little under six inches long. It's Nicaraguan made. Uh, and the binder is Ecuadorian and Nicaraguan wrapper Ecuadorian, and the filler is Costa Rica. Dominican Republic and Nicaragua. So, Pagoda, you've been to almost all of those countries except <laughs> Nicaragua in the last six weeks. Correct. Hey, hey I think I think this, this I think this cigar this cigar is going to be very leathery. If nothing else. So it looks like Peter James is going to be making a cigar line with them, and the reason why I bring it up is that because we've had some interesting experiences with Peter James uh, cases yeah. on the newer cases. Uh, I guess overall, you've all been disappointed. Yeah, uh, so Senator and I ordered, that's quite quite a while ago, right? Was yeah. it around Black Friday or something like that? Yeah, they Might had a been. sale. It was like a Black Friday sale or like pre-Christmas sale. And uh, Senator and I ordered some cases and they showed up and they were definitely not to the quality that we were expecting. Mm. The, honestly, the worst quality leather I have felt on a cigar case, period. Yeah, And that's including that. like, we have Amazon cases that we've purchased that are leather that are pretty good, right? I mean... What what do you which one do you have? I'll take that back. I have a a cigar dagger case. Um, it's this company that they only make accessories. It's like a really nice, soft, supple, uh, yeah. like pebble leather, and um, the case is like half the price of what that Peter James retails for. Obviously, mm -hmm. we got it at a deal then, way better. Yeah. Really, not even no comparison. Interesting. So and how much half of that price is what I bought on Amazon. <laughs> yeah, and Pagoda <laughs> bought one on Amazon that he's now lost. <laughs> this was like maybe one sixty or one eighty. Okay, so the Peter James I think retailed for like four hundred, exactly. right? Or three fifty. The one that we got. Yeah. And both Senator and I got them in, and they were not great. Yeah. I think the quality, certainly versus the one that you have, Bam, is changed I quite have a bit. An original series from years and years ago, and that's when they made. It, really great leather. It's this, really quite. They nice. were also made in Italy. Yes, right at that time. I'm in, not sure where they manufactured. Yeah. Made in China. Now they're made in Sea Caucus. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Route Three. <laughs> so, and then you know the other experience I think we should talk about just as a forewarning to any listener out there is Senator and I both had a really rough experience returning those cases. We did it almost immediately. He and I both got them the same day because we ordered them the same day. We got them in. We had the conversation on the group chat saying, hey, we're going to return these things. And then Senator goes to discover that 
what it was three four five weeks after they were delivered neither of oh, us had gotten at least four or five weeks and i just randomly i was sitting sitting down and i was like oh you know i don't recall seeing a refund let me just make sure that peter james you know gave me my uh, refund because i know they got the case you know within days and uh i there was no refund i sent them an email you know it's been over a month you have the case can you you know process the refund got no response they like ghosted me for i don't know a week or two so I, at that point, disputed the charge. How else am I going to get the refund? And then finally, these idiots sent me a note maybe a week after I had already disputed it and were like, oh, we don't keep any credit card information from transactions, so you need to give us your credit card number. And I'm sitting there like, I'm going to email these people my credit card number. They can't process a <laughs> refund when they charge me in the first place. I mean, the whole thing was just so silly. And Giz had the exact same experience where he didn't get a refund either. He had to dispute it just like I did. And I never heard from them, by the way. You heard oh, from wow. them. Oh, wow. He didn't even get a I response from email. I never got a response email. from email. Wow. And I called them too. Wow. And then the wild thing is just the other night when we were sitting in our lounge, I was talking to another guy, um, actually um, Lizard Bruce, and he ordered a case from them and had a problem with it. He looked up. There's like a lifetime warranty that guarantees the craftsmanship of these cases. He emailed them. And they were like, no, we're not going to replace. And he didn't even want a refund. He said, I just want you to replace this with a new case. And he had just bought it because there was some manufacturing defect. And they were like, no, we're not going to replace it. I mean, how shady is that? He's not even asking for his money back. He just wants a proper case. Yeah. Did we just lose a sponsor? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we uh, we hadn't shared that yet because both of us, I think, were hoping for a better resolution than what happened. But did you return your cases? We, oh yeah, I sent them oh, okay. back. They had it back in two days from oh, when I received yeah. them. Okay, they you returned right them back. right away, right yeah. back. Yep. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I I still have never even heard from them. I just I so you have not gotten Amex. a refund, or did you dispute? I the disputed with well. Amex. I after by the oh. way, I gave them two or three weeks after calling and emailing. He uh, senator got a response. I never got a response That's at all awful. from my call awful. or my email. I had to dispute it. Oh, totally unacceptable. It's not cool, man. You know, and and that, by the way, is with what was it, forty percent off? Mm-hmm. Right. If I paid three or four hundred dollars for that same yeah, case, I'd be pissed. Oh, I would have been furious. Sure. Yep. Because it's like we're trying to do the right thing and and like support a company as opposed to going on Amazon. Right. Right. So, uh, my number one is still Sotolo. I, I love Manny Sotolo. He's a listener of the podcast. He makes great cases. Yeah. We all have Sotolos. Yes, sir. We all use them. We love them. So that's main. You know, we maintain that is probably the. Highest recommendation. I know Senator also loves his cigar dagger. So how much was that again? I think 160 or 180. And where do you get that? Cigardagger.com. There you go. That is a nice case. It it's is. It's beautiful. Yeah. Just feel the leather. It's very it's... reminiscent to the case I have, the old Peter James. Yeah. It, really, it really is. And how many cigars do you guys hold in yours? Like five or six? Six. six. I hold five. And all the uh, accessories and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah, so... Even the accessory slots, so like these little things, they sound so trivial, but they really are important where mm-hmm. some cases that I've looked at um certain lighters or certain cutters won't like perfectly fit in the little slots that they have for them right so it's really important that you honestly when you get a case you try all these things out because even cases that i do regard as very well made and well constructed i've had an issue fitting like a dupont lighter like the maxi jet the big one um in the the slot that they have for it yeah yeah i didn't have an issue with the peter james case like what you guys are talking about you know you kept yours, yeah? I did. Yeah. Um, only issue that I have, there's no, like, a slot for the cigars, so they're kind of, like, hitting against each other. 
You mean there's the, there is not an individual slot for right, each Right, right. Oh, wow. You know, there, it's just well, leather. It's a, different, and, it's a different type of pouch. Yeah. Right. But yeah. it would be it would be helpful if they were kind of like individual slots so the cigars are not rubbing against each other. Mm. They do rub against each other in the boxes. I'm yeah, just, you're, you're very, yeah, but there's no movement. <laughs> but there's no movement. Right. Correct, no, Pagoda. No, that, that is correct. <laughs> in the Sotolo, there, it's like he has this like individual uh, so slot I have, system. I have my Sotolo tonight, and I happen to love the way the cases are snugly held. The, I'm sorry, the cigars are snugly held. It really protects the, each cigar beautifully. It's very different. Yeah. yeah, I think I need a soda so love. Yeah. yeah, soda love. Just don't lose it. Yeah, that's yeah. my problem. <laughs> you need to, you need to invest in air tags. Yeah, exactly Apple. right. Because you've lost how many cases now? A couple. Oof, it's not amazing. too bad. <laughs> Did you lose that like giant case that you had ordered? No, no, no. It's 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 at home. I just got. Oh, yeah. Have it. It. Okay, good. <laughs> that's like a mini bag. I need yeah. a strap, shoulder strap on it. <laughs> it's a man purse. <laughs> All right, so I guess back to the original intent of bringing this story up. So Luciano and Peter James are going to make some cigars. They're going to roll them in Esteli, Nicaragua. Uh, Luciano is going to distribute the cigars, and I guess that they're going to, you know, co-brand and probably release cases alongside cigars and vice versa. When did that news come out? This news came out at the end of January, so a few weeks ago, yeah. So if if I was on the site, a year ago, and, and Peter James does sell cigars. They mm. have, I guess, their own line. No idea who makes it. So this, I guess, is a step up from what they have. I'm I guessing. would think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They probably just have like a house blend type mm-hmm. thing. Probably. Hmm. So, boys, what are you thinking about the uh, La Flor Dominicana and Illusion Bull right now? Very, very consistent. And it's become very interesting. I'm just well, kidding. No, it's the same. <laughs> like, I, I kind of, I agree with what you're saying. It's the same. It hasn't changed. Not but, very bullish on the cigar. Well, yeah, uh, me neither. I'm still kind of liking it. I have no issues with this thing. It's just. Are you on the payroll, Bam? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just shocked, honestly. For me, there's just not enough flavor here. Yeah, it's. I like the creaminess. It's just smoking nicely. The retrohale's great for me. You guys should try smoking just the binder and the filler. Take yeah, the wrapper off. Can I get your exacto knife, <laughs> please? <has> a... <laughs> will, will that shave a half hour off the smoking hold time? On. If no, so, I'm hold on. Hold on. You got to massage the cigar for me to get All it right, off. Give it over right, here. All right, here we go. It is, I, you know, I don't know if you guys have ever done this before. I have not uh, on purpose, but for the uh, for the podcast, I will continue on. But I do not love the mouthfeel of this cigar right now. We need to photograph that for the Graham account and get that posted. It's pretty bad. <laughs> we don't give up on cigars. No, I'm going to keep rolling, baby. <laughs> We're going to do a legitimate rating on this podcast tonight for oh, this cigar. Oh, boy, not sounding good. No rubber binder. I'm into the fillers now. <laughs> it's very odd. But listen, I don't think the wrapper is doing that much of a, uh, it's not changing that much of the flavor. And I'm still finding the same thing. It's it's overwhelmingly tangy for me. Um, it's not complex at all. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely in board territory. Is anyone else getting that tang? Because I'm not getting that. A little bit. Not yeah. as much as Giz, but yeah. a little bit. Okay. I'm kind of feeling like when, I, when we had that octagon-shaped cigar. What was that? Oh, Placencia? Placencia. Almaforte? Never-ending, you know, <laughs> same note. On your deck? <laughs> On my deck. So that was like a two-and-a-half-hour cigar. I got attacked by a raccoon. 
Man, we panicked that day. Oh, you, I did. Bam does not dude, like I, ju- I leaped out of my Bam, chair. Bam does not like animals oh, no. in the wild at dude, all. Dude, I, I literally leaped out of the chair when I when, saw this When thing. he's in Rooster's yard after dark, it's he, like he's National like looking Geographic over his shoulder. There. Every five minutes, he thinks there, what was that sound? Is that a bear? And then we just messed with him. We're like, yeah, I think there's a bear back there. I remember we talked about a plan like we're going to- Oh, a bear, a bear costume. How can I forget about this? Dude, How can I forget about this? Yeah. <laughs> You know what? Oh my god, I forgot. Oh, I mean, we were so deep down the rabbit hole. I was on Amazon looking you... at bear costumes to buy just to wear know. it and hide in the woods and roosters. Uh, I don't backyard. know if I should take this as love <laughs> or absolute ridicule. It would be good content for the pod. Oh, that would have been scary for me. <laughs> I'll never come to your house again. <laughs> I have never seen you jump out of a chair Dude, like when that raccoon was, was down creeping the, up behind me. Yeah. And I was trying to hit the thing with a rock Oof. to just take it out. And then Rooster went straight up to the show <laughs> <laughs> with a bare hand. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. It was also like four in the morning. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, it was, yeah, it was late. Yeah. All right, boys, let's go to some listener email. We've had a, some really amazing uh, emails come in from our listeners. Uh, this one is from listener Alistair. He says, hi, I've been listening to the podcast for the last few months, and I've gone back to catch up on most of them. I really enjoyed the Cuba episodes and love the general banter as opposed to the usual sit-down, ask-questions, review, yawn, yawn. In the UK, we pay a premium. So he's from the UK. We pay a premium on cigars compared to you guys, and it's harder now to get imports due to customs catching on and taxing the hell out of a box of cigars, making them dearer than you'd pay legitimately in the UK. And that is really unfortunate. Oh, you sure. know, obviously here, if you get caught by customs, Pagoda, uh, they just take them. Uh, and certainly if they ship them to your house and, and they get picked off, they just take them. And hopefully the retailer has guaranteed your money. But in places like the UK, places like Canada, m- most European nations, there's that VAT tax. And if they catch those cigars and they're not properly marked for VAT, I mean, they are going to bend you over on tax, and it's significant. Like in Canada, I think it's dude. Sorry, but just all over Europe, it's insane what they do with the the VAT tax. Did you see this article recently? What Arnold Schwarzenegger dealt with? No. So Arnold Schwarzenegger, who's Austrian, right, was flying through Austria with um, an AP watch that he was gifted by AP. They like specially made it for him. And he was uh, going to give it for auction for some like charity thing. All he's doing is carrying a watch that he was gifted by AP that he is going to put up for auction, not for his own you know gain for charity charitable purposes. He got detained at the airport in Austria for hours. His home country, his mind home you, home country. About this watch, they made him pay some crazy amount of tax. On the watch for him to leave the airport with it. What's crazy? What? It's absurd. It was, this was like national news. It was all over the place. I didn't hear anything about that. Can I ask you to explain what the VAT tax is? What is value that added tax? tax? Is value that what added it is? tax. It's, it's, what? It's, a, it's effectively a uh, I, luxury I, tax. It's like yeah. a luxury, luxury. or con- consumption tax. Oh my it's God. It's on all different kinds of things. Anything really that you're importing wow. that you consume or use, right? I mean, is that accurate? That's accurate. And in fact, if you keep the receipt and you typically give it back, you, you get will get back. the money back if you're leaving right. the oh, country. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I see. But it, it's but but for the for the residents inside, they still owe the tax. So it's um, you know it it's 
I don't know. Even India has recently adapted the VAT. Uh, if you're oh, in wow. Canada and you buy something, and when you're coming back, you can stop at the border and you can claim the VAT tax back. You can get it back. Now, but not if you're Canadian. Not if you're Canadian. If, Cana- if right. you're Canadian and you bring a bo- if you come to the United States and buy a box of cigars and they find it as you're crossing back over the border into Canada, I think they're going to charge you 150 or 200 percent of wholesale lunacy. It's the part of price you pay for being Canadian. I guess. Lunacy, I guess. So, anyways, he says that uh, that's why purchases have to be considered more carefully, cost and quality wise. And with that in mind, have you heard of Mirafel cigars? Jarrett Mirafel project using camera and wrapper. The cost is through the roof. He's saying it's 60 to 90 pounds per stick. They're made by Arturo Fuente, considering their close relationship. So the Mirabfels have been in business for hundreds of years. It's mm-hmm. a family business. And I think they supply all the Cameroon wrappers for Arturo Fuente. So obviously, a lot of the Hemingway series uses Cameroon wrappers. There's a lot of cigars that use that. So I think they're a, a serious partner of that. But this cigar was actually named number one by a few publications. The, uh, the the Jeremiah Mirabfell. It's their first cigar from that line, I think, in over 80 years. Wow. From like the grandfather, great-grandfather was putting cigars out. So this is the first one they've done. Fuente obviously rolled it. There's very little info out there review-wise, and I was wondering if it's more style over substance. I'd love to have you guys review it. Anyway, it's a great podcast, like I said. The only thing I do to improve the podcast is to make it video, too. I wish we could. Regards, Lizard Alistair. So he, he doesn't want to see us all sitting in our underwear. While <laughs> Especially me. <laughs> yeah, the video podcast, YouTube wouldn't like that so much. <coughs> Neither would Pagoda. <laughs> I just got a visual. I'm sorry. <laughs> Pagoda's choking on his uh, Florida Minicana smoke. You pictured me in a Speedo, didn't you? <laughs> All I saw was Borat. (laughs) (laughs) Here's another one from Lizard Luigi. He said, hey, Lizards, hope you guys are well. I think it would be great if you guys did something uh, from the Puro Desnudo line. So that's Rob Isla uh, and Hamlet Parides from uh, Friends of El Habano. They have the MoFo program and the Puro Desnudo, which has been out for a few years now. I think it's Ecuadorian tobacco. There's some blending in there as well. I was lucky. I was on the tasting panel. I mm-hmm. talked a little bit about this. I was yeah. on the tasting panel last year. We're going to do it. This is why we need to review it. We do. Because Gizmo is partially responsible. Correct. So this is going to be <laughs> oh, so fun. This is going to be one long atonement episode. <laughs> uh, the, uh, you are not getting off the hook. Let me tell you, the, the Bond Roberts cigar they have coming out, the 109 coming out, I think it's in May or June of this year, a few months. I've, I've been waiting for that cigar for six or eight months. It's so good. I can't wait for you guys to try it. I think it'd be an op- op- awesome episode into what goes in exactly to the blending process Rob and Hamlet go through to hammer down those blends. Would love for you guys to review it. Thanks very much, Lizard and Luigi. So cool, cool. That's a cool one because we yeah. haven't done really any cigars that don't have bands on them. And that is one of the key parts of what Rob Isla and Hamlet are doing is it's no bands, no boxes, and no bullshit is kind of their tagline. So we're going to uh, we're going to end up doing one of those cigars. We're waiting in the coming on you. Months. So yeah, we're going to do that. Have you you've tried the one hundred and nine? I have. I've tried all, I've tried a lot of them. Um, I've probably tried fifteen different vitolas over the last year. We get on Zoom. We smoke together. We give notes and a lot of feedback. It's a it's a really really interesting uh, process that Rob and Hamlet are going through over there. And the one thing I love about it is most of the cigars are under. 
15 bucks, 12 bucks, 10 bucks. I mean, very, very affordable. And what's cool too is they're shipping out of Miami. Wow. And you can get them at any time. You don't need to go on 24, 24 to get them. You can just go on the website, put it in the cart, order it. You'll have it in a few days. So, cool. Yeah, highly recommend that stuff. And like I said, we're going to do Great. a couple of those. Looking forward up, to that. Uh, later in the year. Well, I mean, some cigars are already available. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of cigars already available. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, boys, I guess we're coming into the last third here of the uh, Lafleur Dominicana. You can't wait for it to and end. Bull. <laughs> I am very much over this right now. I see that. I'm very much over it. I'm not a happy camper at the moment. I think you need a little extra pour over there. Yeah, he does. <laughs> yeah, his glass is dry. I will say that the ash uh, has held on. The construction, there's a lot of tobacco there, yeah. but it has held on like it's been actually hard for me to knock it very off. Very well-made like, cigar. Yeah, the yeah. construction's been very good, except for mine, the... Uh, the wrapper falling apart is a product of the massaging that we all talked about. Yeah, I think that's the biggest merit for the cigar at this point, the construction. The smoke output has actually been great. Agreed. And, um, I mean, like you said, razor-sharp burn, nice white ash. Uh, that's the one thing that's working, but the flavor, I'm still disappointed. It's very consistent. Hasn't changed much for me. Big consistency guy, Bam. Well, <laughs> I, I am at the moment. <laughs> So let's continue on with some listener emails. So we've talked about this a few times, and the response has been amazing. Uh, Lizard Bill sent us an email saying, Hey, guys, it's funny that you mentioned a bumper sticker being found in the wild. I made this one a few months ago after I got introduced to your pod. And get this. That's, this I binge crazy. listened to like 80 episodes in a matter of weeks. Wow. 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 <laughs> That's amazing. That is. And you know, we've, we've heard so many stories of guys doing that. Once they find the podcast, they, they go back and they listen to pretty much everything, which is crazy because I think now our listeners have like a better recollection of what we say and do on this podcast than I think even we do. Certainly my brain just is kind of like potato salad when it comes yeah, to what we've done in the podcast. We're going to have listener accountability hours <laughs> yeah they're gonna be fact checking <laughs> us oh uh, yeah <laughs> and he says if any of you want the design i still have it saved on my computer be happy to send some to you keep up the awesome work have a great one and as puba says at the end of his episode uh, the episodes he's on keep smoking and there's the picture of the bumper sticker boys lounge lizards keep smoking wow mm, so what's awesome. interesting is that is not the one he said he made this a while ago and put it on his car cool that's not the picture that we got from that listener who saw it in Texas. So this is another one. Yeah. Um, you know, he said he did it a few months ago, and we've obviously had a lot of listeners since that episode. I think now we've probably gotten 40 or 50 emails of folks who've, Incredible. who've put bumper stickers on their car after Incredible. that episode. So as Senator promised, when he sees them in the wild, I think you're going to get a Padron 50-year, was it? Oh, is that right? I never promised I that. Think it oh, was. I think it's an aged 80th. Oh, that's right. Yes. Anybody who has a bumper sticker <laughs> on their car, email Senator, and you're going to get a free aged Correct. Padron 80 Correct. All right. Well, I guess this is my last episode here. <laughs> <laughs> Cut his mic, will you? <laughs> it's nice knowing you guys. <laughs> and this is one of my favorite episodes we've probably ever gotten, ever. From Lizard Dustin, who threw three question marks in the subject line. So I was confused by that. I'm like, what's going on here? And the opening sentence is, is Rooster Liam Neeson? Hey. <laughs> Take him. <laughs> I love this podcast because you guys do amazing Cuban reviews, and Rooster sounds just like my favorite actor. Is he the great? Liam Neeson. So, Rooster, do you want Wait, to come is, clean? Is that our Dustin? <laughs> no, it's not. Our, <laughs> no. It's not our Lizard Dustin at the lounge here. No, this is Lizard Dustin, say one of our listeners. Say something in a surly, deep voice. Go ahead. You ever I, see the Taken I'm, movies? 
Yeah, I like Liam Leeson. Leeson. <laughs> <laughs> I like Liam. For the Neeson. listen, for the listener, he's a big fan. A big fan. I like Liam Neeson. So I guess he thinks I like that- Liam Neeson. <laughs> <laughs> he thinks you're the great Liam Neeson. Do you want to come clean and tell everybody? Right. Yeah, you're correct. <laughs> Absolutely right. <laughs> the deli version. <laughs> So write in, and Rooster will give you a uh, signed 8x10 of himself as Liam Neeson uh, with a cigar in his mouth. You got it. How about that, man? You've got the listeners just mystified. What can I say? They're just... Great emails. Yeah, great emails. Awesome. So we uh, we love hearing from listeners. We get a lot of recommendations on what to smoke, what to drink. Um, So please send them in. We'll read them on the air. We will... uh, what what else are they recommending for us to smoke? We've we get everything. I mean, across the board. Actually, we've actually gotten several requests over the last two or three weeks. Probably, I think because we discussed Romeo and Julieta on a Cuban episode, uh, folks asking us to smoke some of the smaller format uh, Cuban Romeos. That's been one that folks are saying, "Hey, we know you don't like the large format." The wide Churchill did okay on the podcast, if I remember. I think it was in the sevens, if I remember. Yes. Uh, Which probably. one in particular? Like exhibition number four? Exhibition number four and the Millie Floors, I think it's called. Millie Floor. Yeah. Millie Floor, that was another one. So we've gotten, and the short Churchill as well, uh, was another one that, that people have been saying. They said, don't give up on Romeo yet. We've had a lot of folks asking for those. Um, and we always have folks asking for Opus and various Padrones that we haven't done and Davidoffs we haven't done. So... I try to slot them in on a, you know, kind of like a regular Any cadence. other new worlds? I mean, we get everything. Yeah. Yeah, we get everything. Yeah. So I try to slot them in, you know, very regularly. And we have a lot of folks that have sent some stuff. So, you know, I slot those in as well. Any listeners who send us cigars, you know, those will be coming up as well. We have yeah. a lot of stuff coming up. So. I think we're due for another Davidoff. Yeah. We have one coming up. We're doing the late hour Robusto coming up. Oh, okay. We did the late hour Churchill on a very, very early We need episode. to do the white label. Yeah, the white label Churchill. Oh, yeah. Any any white label. I mean, if we're gonna do that, we need that little bellicoso. Oh, that's yeah. a delicious cigar. Yeah, the Churchill bellicoso. That may require a, a two cigar episode. No, well, well, we could that. We'll just do it as a short smoke special at okay. some point. Okay, that's cool. We'll include that with it. We'll do a Cuban and we'll do that one. So good. That's that's become a nice dessert stick for us. Oh, that's become a staple. Comes in those nice little tins. Beautiful easy tins. To carry. We need to buy every tin. Before oh. that episode comes out, <laughs> yeah. every last one, and the price is unbelievably Incredible. reasonable. It's right? So expensive, it's like $5. hard to get. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. You tell them, Bam. Correct. <laughs> it gets sh- shipped from Switzerland, right? <laughs> I got to say, this cigar just kind of had a little bit of a turn. I don't know if it's a flash in the pan, but the last couple draws have actually been pretty enjoyable. Nice. Are you guys experiencing the same stuff as before? I- I'm still enjoying it. You know, the, the comments about the boring nature of it because it doesn't change and it's a larger vitola i agree with it but it's it's an enjoyable smoke i think the drink is a bad cigar i think the drink is helping at this point that's not a good comment (laughs) (laughs) he had quite a pour oh i see that (laughs) rista what do you think of it now hasn't changed much Mm -hmm. it's about the same yeah true i mean i thought it would uh, build up on the notes the notes would get a little bit more clearer but they really haven't I mean, it's about the same. It's not, it's not offensive. It's not bad. Right. I mean, there's some, uh, there's some good, you know, good things happening with the cigar. The combustion is good. Like the construction is good. I like the wrapper is really nice and smooth. Yeah. 
But uh, I would like a little bit more out of the cigar. You want more oomph. Oomph out of this, yeah. yeah. I will say the aroma at the burn line on mine is really amazing now. It's it's taken this long in the cigar to get there, but it's very, very good. In the <laughs> you last should have just removed uh, the wrapper from the cigar. I, I think, it I might think have been Rooster a and probably. Senator should have taken off the wrappers an hour ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this, this turned around a little bit. Unfortunately, it looks like a cigar that came out of the bottom of the ocean, but... It is what it is. So I got a question for you guys. This is kind of an open-ended question. Something I've been thinking about. Given what's going on with pricing, obviously cigar imports have been through the roof since COVID. I know they've dipped a little bit, but I think it's just a correction, you know, after the COVID boom. Do you guys think that we are in another cigar boom now? I know it's not like it was in the 90s when cigar smoking really, really took hold. It was in sporting events. We've talked about that in the past. And they were sponsoring all-star games for the NBA and MLB, official cigars. So not to that level. It's not as widely accepted now as it is as it was then. But do you guys feel that we're in a little bit of a cigar boom right now? Well, Habanos really think so. I mean, the way yeah. they keep raising their prices every year. I mean, it's insane. They have no fear. Yeah. I think it's it's become a global audience. I think a lot of the cigars are, you know, finding itself, uh, you know, w- way further east. Um, it's becoming very popular even in countries like India. There have always been some, but I, it seems like there's conversation on cigars which is going on. We see it in movies all the time now. Really? Mm-hmm. In Indian movies as well. Oh, so, wow. Yeah, so it's, uh, it's definitely picking up. I don't know whether it's a boom, but definitely uh, there seems to be something. Where but at what, po- what point does the consumer kind of turn off to these Habanos pricing? That's a great I mean, question. At what point do you say, well, enough is enough? I'm not. I'm not going to pay that much for a Cuban cigar. Yeah. But I think that what's what's happened with Habanos is that Habanos decision making and lack of supply worldwide has also opened the door for manufacturers like Fuente, Padron, Davidoff to come into these markets, which were primarily held almost only by Cuban cigars. So, you know, these markets that now have to face what we just heard from from Lizard Alice there about the VAT tax. We know from our friends in Canada, all over the world, paying these crazy prices for Habanos. If you're able to get a high-quality cigar from one of these other manufacturers that's recently been introduced to your market at a third of the price, a quarter of the price, a fifth of the price maybe, a tenth of the price if you're comparing it to Cohiba and Trinidad, I I think that it might be something that Habanos is kind of shot itself in the foot a little bit and is opening the door for these other manufacturers like Padron. We just talked about that on the uh, episode two weeks ago, the Metallica episode, the yeah. blackened. Padron just bought, he doubled his finca, the size of his finca. It's 126 acres. 153 acres yeah, or something. something like, that, yeah. like it's more than he's already had. Mm-hmm. He's doubling his capacity of what he can grow. Now Fuente we talked about is opening a new facility in Nicaragua. He's going to be making cigars in Nicaragua as well. All these manufacturers are growing and increasing their capacity. It's got to be a reaction to some kind of serious demand worldwide, even outside the U.S. Well, didn't in our last sales publication, wasn't there a dip in overall sales here in the States? Just a little bit? I think it was a very little bit. Slightly little. Yeah. Very little bit. But I'm thinking more outside the U.S. as far as opportunity for these other manufacturers. It's hard to comment on that. But locally, every club that I walk into is jam-packed with smokers and a lot of young smokers. Guys and girls, so it's 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 a trend, and I feel like people want to get into it. 
It, it seems that way wherever I go. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I think the, the data obviously shows, you know, COVID was a big driver of a boom. I mean, and, and it has staying power, which is pretty remarkable, right? We're well outside of the craziness of any pandemic and um, the numbers still continue to be strong. I think to Bam's point, I mean, just anecdotally, qualitatively, what you see in cigar lounges now versus, I mean, certainly what I remember 10 years ago, I I meet more young smokers. I have seen more women smokers than yeah. I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. I really do. I, I think even just when you tell people that you're a cigar smoker, I just feel like it's less surprising now. Like I, I feel like, you know, years ago it was like, oh, wow, you're a cigar smoker. Now it's like, oh, yeah, you and many other people. Yep. It just, yep. it feels different. And I think it's really exciting for the industry. Now, in the new world space, there's an opportunity for this to be lasting in that, you know, you can be a young smoker getting into this and find reasonably priced cigars that you can stick with and continue your journey and really try a lot. I think what's difficult is, you know, if you're outside the U.S. and you're just getting into Cuban cigars, I mean, that's a, that's a very expensive time oh, to start yeah. in this hobby. Oh, and yeah. that's the, you know, piece that I, who knows what the future of that looks like. And it goes to what Rooster said earlier. When do people stop buying or slow down their buying of Cuban cigars? Right. I mean, even us, you know, we all, I think, smoke more New Worlds and I smoke and much un- less banded cigars. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. It's, it's hard to replace those. It is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think weird. Cubans are becoming very exclusive, for sure. Yeah. Um, and uh, the issue with exclusivity, at some point in time, it'll be capped, you know, from a demand perspective. But uh, having said that, going to Carnegie, what, twice a week, at an average. So you're it's, talking it's Carnegie packed. Club in the city, in New York Carnegie City. Carnegie Club in New York City. It's yeah. back. It's wall-to-wall. Yeah. It's yeah. back. Yeah. It's hard, to get, a, it's hard to get a reservation there yeah, on a Thursday night. It's really night. tough. Yeah. It's hard. Yeah. I'm surprised. And I sometimes go a bit early, I hope. Nobody I know is listening, but... Uh, <laughs> well, but, the good uh, thing is we have no videos. So. <laughs> we also have Liam Neeson here. He'll Correct. get you right in. <laughs> but, you know, it gets uh, it starts getting packed around 4 p.m. It's ridiculous. Wow. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm kind of... I'm, I'm a little afraid. Like, I have a lot of stuff that's, like, has a lot of age on them. You, you're afraid so that I'm they'll afraid plateau. If, yeah, plateau and they or actually dip, go down. Dip in their so profile. So should I really start, like, smoking... I, like kind of, I think stuff. you should. So you, you bring should. up an interesting point. I brought a Leyenda with me, a Monte Cristo Leyenda, because someone here, I think it was... 1935, yeah. Yeah, and those are 2018s that we have. We bought those collectively. I'm going to have one tonight to see if it's dipping or if it's still conta- maintaining its its uh, profile. I've I, heard I've heard rough things about those as they're eight. I know you have. I, I, I hope, I hope you brought the linea, five the linea. Oh, right. Yeah, Did yeah. you bring five? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when's the Opus Dubai episode coming up? <laughs> 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 It'll probably be sometime in April. Yeah, you those know, are going to plateau very soon. We need to, yeah, yeah, yeah. We need to do them as soon as possible. <laughs> Not a problem. So, you know, the other thing, too, that's interesting about the Habanos thing is, I mean, look at that email the listener just sent us about the Puro uh, Desnudos that FOH is doing, Rob, right? So he's been directly dealing with the shortage of Cuban cigars since the COVID pandemic and now has pivoted his business it's to very smart making his own cigars even like a primary retailer one of the strongest retailers in the world for habanos very smart has said i can't deal with this in, you know instability anymore yeah i'm going to do my own thing and he's making great stuff at a price that he feels comfortable and confident putting to his, his customer base it's a great idea yeah i you think know? you're going to see a lot of custom rolled cigars available to the mass market yeah and we're loving them right loving them yeah yeah 
And you know, the other thing we're seeing too, and when we did the James Hetfield episode two weeks ago, the Blackened Cigar from Drew Estate, Guy Fietti, the famous Food Network guy, he has a couple cigars that mm-hmm. I they, one of them was in the cigar aficionado top twenty-five this year. Mm-hmm. Billy Gibbons, the guy from ZZ Top, just released a cigar. You know, it's like I think people are kind of seeing this opportunity for this growing market. Clearly, there's more cigar smokers now than there were four years ago before COVID started. It's like, I don't know. I feel like we might be in a little bit of a cigar boom again. But I think a healthier one than what happened 30 years ago. All right. Time to go to Nicaragua. We need a farm. (laughs) We need to do it. The lizard farm. That's right. I think think a great way to go to Nicaragua is you go to Costa Rica and just walk (laughs) in. That's the only country you haven't been to, right? Oh, we take a boat. There you go. I may face a couple of machine guns doing that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, boys. So we're coming to the end of our evening here. Any thoughts on the cigar and the pairing, the uh, doers, before we move into our ratings tonight? That's pretty tasty pairing for me. Nothing over the top, but. All right, Bam Bam, let's do the uh, rating on the doers 18 year age blended scotch. So I'm at an eight on this. I think it's there's a lot of utility, it's easy to drink. Um, Senator mentioned it earlier. It's tough on the first few sips, but as you get into it, it's, it becomes pretty enjoyable. I'm at an eight. Okay, Pagoda. Uh, I'm at an eight as well. You know, I did mention earlier that I'd won a cube of ice, maybe a sploosh of club soda, but, um, you know, uh, I've been surprised. I've been drinking it uh, without those, you know, added uh, uh, supportive elements. Elements. Uh, and it's been uh, relatively good. So I'll leave it at an eight. Okay, Senator. I'm at a seven. I think it's it's a credit to this that we're all able to drink a Doer's product neat. That's that's a victory right there. And the price, the price is good. I just think that the um, the flavor profile is is extremely straightforward. That that's really my only knock on it. And so you know, a seven for me is a soft recommend, but. Will I pursue it? There's nothing memorable about the flavor profile. Like the only memorable thing about this is that it's drinkable mm-hmm. and that is not enough exactly. for me to pursue it. So I'm at a seven. If I didn't have access to something else that delivers a more interesting flavor profile, if I had this on a plane, a train somewhere, you know, it would just enough get the, it would be just enough to get the job done, but I wouldn't necessarily go out of my way to pursue it. So I'm at an eight. I, I think that for what it is, I think it's, I'm happy that we did this tonight because now, like you just said, if I'm in an airport, if I'm traveling somewhere and I yeah. see this, it's going to be reasonably priced, certainly much more reasonable than a pour of some of the other scotches that it, it compares to age-wise, oh, not sure. flavor-wise. Sure. Um, so I'm happy with an eight there. But for me, comparing it to even the 12-year-aged scotches that we drink, even some of the blended scotches, um, price aside, I know that this is more of a value brand than most of the others that we do, aside from maybe Kirkland, which I, I actually really like that 12-year age blend. But, you know, I, I think that it's um I, I think it's good. And I think that I, I think the formal liquor rating at a seven point eight tonight, boys. That's very fair. Is a perfect perfect score Agreed. for this. Agreed. Agreed. Perfect By the way, there's a Kirkland eighteen that's out. I know. We should try <laughs> that. that? I, I have seen it. I haven't had it. Mr. Costco has spoken. I thought we tried that. <laughs> no, no, we did the twelve. No, 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 but there's a higher age statement that we did. 23. 23. This is an 18 uh, branded. Yeah. Mm. We should try the 18. All right, boys, it's time to move into the formal lizard rating now on the La Flor Dominicana and Illusion Bull. Rooster, you're up. Yeah, so uh, 
I mean, this cigar, I assume it's it's hard to roll, you know, like this size and uh, this Vitola. Apparently, there's only like two rollers that roll this cigar. There's a lot of hype about the cigar. I don't quite get the hype. But if this cigar is selling for like $38 to $40 for a stick, I think I'm out. Yeah, it's outrageous. Price. Outrageous. At 18 to $20, I think it's a fair price for this yeah, that's large what we, format. And that's what of we got this for. Yeah. Right. So I don't know how common that is. But it is definitely overhyped for what it is. I mean, it's. It didn't quite change the way I expected it to change. It stayed kind of more on the milder side than even medium, I would say. Nothing really offensive about the cigar. It's a good cigar, uh, just not in my flavor profile. So I'm at a seven. Senator? I'm also at a seven. And for me, the best part of it, it's really well-constructed. Like Rooster said, I did not have to touch it up a lot. The, um, you know, even the wrapper is just, I mean, with the exception of obviously Gizmo cigar, <laughs> the wrapper, you know, it, it's its nice to look at. I'm going to take this wrapper home with me. Yeah. <laughs> please please Frame don't it. massage the cigar. <laughs> look at this. It's the for the listener out there, I'm literally holding the entire wrapper in my hand. It's like you're crumbles. smoking a leaf by Oscar. Correct. It is. <laughs> Um, and the combustion was really, really good yeah. all the way through, which, you know, I think we've talked about a number of larger ring gauge cigars that we've mm -hmm. had that shockingly have not put out much smoke output that you would expect. This definitely delivers on that front, which is great. But I think like Rooster, the, the flavor profile is really what fell short. There's just not enough. I think the last quarter of this picked up a little bit in strength trying to fight to get closer to medium but it just wasn't enough really all the way through and i think the the finish that a number of us have talked about is just too short for a cigar that is regarded as like a flagship cigar from them that is like you know meant to be this really special experience i'm not going to remember any particular flavor note really that i got out of this cigar and that's a shame at something that is as hyped up uh, yeah. and, and supposed to deliver such a spectacular experience mm -hmm. i will say the price point at $20, I do think is fair just that this is a long cigar. You're getting yeah. bang for your buck. I mean, I, this is one of the longest smokes I've had in a while. So for $20, I mean, there are countless Robustos we spend 20 bucks on. This is like, you know, double the cigar, it feels like. So I, it is a good value. And that's where, for me, Soft recommended a seven. I mean, it's easily a two-hour smoke. Oh, yeah. I think I mean, a lot of listeners out there could get two and a half, three hours out of this if you're really Look, milking it nice and slow. You and, know? And, the pre and when you walk into a club, most of the people that you see are going for milder cigars. So there's definitely a slot for this for many, many people. You know. So for me, boys, it's a six. Obviously, I think you knew that was coming with the <laughs> experience I had on the wrapper coming apart. A little bit of construction issues with the draw that I was massaging out. You know, I'll add on what uh, what Rooster and Senator have already said. I agree with everything they've both said. I think, number one, the way the cigar lit, I thought the first quarter, the, the first eighth of the cigar, really, more even more than the first quarter, was really interesting. It was different. I think Rooster said something like it was unlike anything that he had tasted. Yeah, It had a very unique profile to it. I thought the smell of the foot, even before we lit it, to Senator's point, he said a few times how great that smelled. Yeah, I thought nice. it smelled amazing. It looked amazing. It didn't perform how I thought it should. You know, and, and what's unfortunate about it is that this cigar being named Cigar of the Year seven years ago, being as scarce as it is, 
this should be delivering a 9 or a 9.5 experience to every single person who smokes this. Obviously, we didn't have that in the room tonight. And even with the great flavor at the first eighth of the cigar, first quarter of the cigar, even if that continued all the way through, I don't even think it would have hit a 9 for me because it just wasn't that interesting. At times, it was boring. Certainly throughout, I was getting mainly that kind of sour tang. I had a moment there at the end where it was kind of picking up. I put a lot of my cigar down. I probably put a quarter of it down because I just was struggling with it without the wrapper. But, you know, unfortunately, it, it could have been better. It should have been better. And that's why it's a six for me. I have no interest in ever smoking this cigar again. Okay. Pagoda. Uh, I'm at a seven. And, you know, I was really looking for some pointers uh, to push it to an eight because it does have a great combustion. Um, and... Uh, you know, the draw was fantastic. Uh, there was a couple of uh, flavor notes which I really liked. It was creamy in the beginning. Um, but, you know, I shouldn't say this. You know, I never think anything's boring or not. But, you know, there are cigars that you really, like, you don't want them to finish, you know. And this is one I've been really struggling at the end just to continue smoking. So I, I guess now I understand what really boring means from that perspective. Uh Having said that, I think uh, it's still a smokable cigar, and I would uh, probably give it to people who are wanting to, you know, have a really pleasurable evening. It's also not in my uh, flavor profile. No, it's not. So, uh, you know, uh, I think a seven mm. is the highest I could go on this today. Cheers. Bam, bam. Yeah, I think a mild recommend is a very fair score. I'm at a seven with this. I'm about an inch down from the bottom. It hasn't changed at all. I didn't, it didn't ratchet up in, in profile at all. It just stayed very consistent. You know, I'm going to echo what, P what Pagoda said. It, the creaminess continued, and velvety smoke. The combustion was fantastic. Mild recommend. Seven. So, boys, that puts the formal lizard rating on the La Flor Dominicana and Illusion Bull at a 6.8. That's a little low. I think it's accurate. I agree. I, and you know what I wanted to say, too, and I didn't want to influence the rating with this, but... We have, I think, two or three other members of our lounge here at 1086 who recently have purchased this cigar as we were anticipating doing it here. Mm -hmm. We've been talking about it a lot, trying to find them. Ultimately, Bam found them from Kenny at Fanatics. Thank you again, Kenny. Yep. They all had the same experience. Every single one of them had the same experience. They said, you guys aren't going to rate this higher than an eight for sure. And I was surprised because- so I've heard great things. We know Lizard J bought these. Yeah. Did he say the same thing? He hates them. Really? Hates them. Wow. Yeah, yep. he was handing them out. Wow. Yeah. wow. He actively hates them. Interesting. Yeah, and I, you know, I, I was thinking maybe he was being a little harsh or, mm -hmm. you know, it, but he's accurate. Yeah. You know, unfortunately, it's, and that's for every kind of palate of smoker. I mean, we cover a lot of palate in the room, different preferences. I think we lean a little more, more medium full, but we in do. the lounge here, a lot of these guys are, like you said, smoking mild cigars. They are. This should be delivering. Yeah. The other thing I'll say, too, is if this cigar was better, this would have been a three-hour episode tonight because it would have been a cigar that we were nursing and enjoying and taking it all the way down to the end, and all of us have cigar left that we're just not interested in smoking. That's a 6.8 to me. Yeah, well, Jay, Jay is also a big Padron smoker. Yeah. I mean, he smokes the idiot like they're going out of well, style. He's grown into that higher right. so profile. Th this yeah. cigar is not going to be in his oh, flavor no. profile. No, not at all. I don't think that's fair, though, because he smokes a lot of Cuban cigars and loves them. That's you true, know? Too. And that Cuban cigars don't even touch Dominican as far as uh, strength and, and fullness. So uh, I, I don't know if I agree with that. But there's complexity that. there, though. There is complexity. And I think that that's something that's lacking here, too. Yeah, that's right. You know? 
All oh right, boy. so let's. Sorry. We, oh we, my gosh. <laughs> clean up on aisle four. <laughs> Pagoda has ash. Oh Somebody get the bucket. Quite literally all over his crotch in a way that is just. That's a photo op there. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be posted on the gram. Oh, yeah. We'll put that on the Instagram. <laughs> so let's go through a couple of ratings here quick on uh, two other spirits that we compared to the Doers 18 tonight, which, like I said, got a 7.8. On episode 45, we did Doers 15, which got a 7.6. And the other one, uh, they also share a distillery with Aberfeldy. They own that. We did the Aberfeldy 12 on episode 18. That's a long time ago. Over 100 episodes ago, that got a flat 7.0. So this edged out both of those, certainly as an 18-year age, uh, with a 7.8 edged those out. So that's that, boys. Our first LaFleur Dominicana on the pod. I guess next we're going to have to go something a little stronger and see how those perform, especially since how many of those they're selling, those double heroes. We're not going to do that big one, though. We're going to do something a little bit more, a little bit more reasonable. All right, boys. So on the Dewar's 18-year-aged blended scotch, we had a 7.8 tonight. And on the LaFleur Dominicana and Illusion Bowl, we had a 6.8. Great conversation. Great being with you all. And we'll see everybody next week. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Thanks for joining us. You can find our merch store and ratings archive at our brand new website, loungelizardspod.com. That's loungelizardspod.com. Don't forget to leave us a rating and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. If you have any comments, questions, if you want to reach out, say hello, tell us what you're smoking, email us, hello at loungelizardspod.com. You can also find us on Instagram at loungelizardspod. We really appreciate your time. And we'll uh, we'll see you next week.